Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Turn your lights down, way down low. So turn up that radio. It's Steve and Johnny. So we have a full five-hour show tonight. And we have about ten hours worth of stuff to do. So stick around and we'll find out if we Make do it more than five hours. kids him and her on the radio from now until two in the morning and yeah we have a a full boatload of things happening tonight yeah so if we head upon a subject that doesn't trip your trigger stick around because probably in the next 15 minutes we'll be changing the subject to something that i'm sure is going to keep you hanging on to every word that i say every word every word. I'll, I'll speak slowly so you can hang on to every word. By the way, happy carrot cake day. Uh, excuse me? I'm already talking about food. This is not good. Carrot this cake is, day? Yes, it's National Carrot Cake Day. Uh, okay. It's the only cake that you can pretend like it's good for you because there are carrots in it. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, you put a cream cheese frosting on it, and then that negates all those carrots that you're eating. You know, it's it's kind of an interesting little sneaky devil, that carrot cake. Now, do you like carrot cake? Because, I don't. Because no. th- that, is, that is one of the few disagreements Johnny yeah. and I have. Uh, I love carrots, uh, and that's Johnny's uh, reaction to carrots. But then again, I love things like okra. And it, it, it's a selfless act on my part, but because Johnny loves okra, I let her have all yes. the okra. And I love eating okra in front of you to show you how it can be eaten and not be slimy. And you go, ew, ew, why do we even have to use that word when we're talking about eating a food? And I go, but watch. Well, again, that's why I defer to you. It's, mm. it's a selfless act, but I, I know, know you want it you so much. You give me all the turnip greens yeah. and all the okra. Yeah. And all, well, you can have, uh, you share a rutabaga with me. We've learned to love the rutabaga. Yeah. Yes. Um, We've also learned 
and I learned this years ago from Tommy Edwards at the Once Big 89. We were recording a commercial. Okay, uh, I want to get Ron and Julian and Bob in on this. Okay, now on the count of three, everybody say rutabaga. A couple of times. A couple of times. Okay, yeah. ready? Right. Rutabaga. Oh. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I the gun. Timing is everything. <laughs> One, two, three. Three. We had about five people in the studio. Yeah. We needed to make the sound of a crowd. Tommy said, Everybody say Rutabaga, and we did it. And they had it kind of at a low level behind what was going on, and it sounded like a crowd. We did too. That's cool. One more See? time. Three, two, one. Rutabaga, 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 rutabaga. Why does it you, tickle you have, me? <laughs> See, this has been an educational process already. You have learned a radio production trick, courtesy Ruta. of Tommy Edwards. Rutabaga. I've heard peas and carrots as well. Works as well. Really? really? Peas and carrots in the okay, background. Okay, ready? <clears throat> background noise. One, two, three. Peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. I like the rutabaga better. Because I keep hearing the and standing out in the peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots, peas and carrots. I made a great little dish the other night with peas and carrots. And I don't like carrots, but I did like them in the chicken stir fry. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, it was fried rice. you got the... Chicken was already chopped up into small yes, pieces. Yes, and it was on sale, and I never buy chicken that's already chopped up because you don't know how many hands have touched it to chop it up. But I did, and it was a one-pound package, and I thought, oh, well, I'll just marinate that in some teriyaki sauce, and then I did a quick little stir-fry of it, and then I add the peas and carrots and the garlic and the onions and the leftover rice and the the sesame oil and the, the um, soy sauce and mixed it all up. And, man, it was good. Guess what I'm hungry for when we get home tonight. <laughs> You're going to have the leftovers. <laughs> yes. And as I said, this is not a good sign. We're 15 minutes into the show and we're already talking about food. And none of this is any of the stuff that, that is filling up our game plan. Let, let me for a second... I I have the official game plan in front of me. Uh, Coming up in a little bit, we're going to talk with Steve Barnes from the Better Business Bureau about uh, the a lot of scams going on. One of them involving the big game, yes, and tax scams. Uh, A little later, we're going to check in with our friend Lynn Orman. She's out in the uh, left coast. And uh, we're gonna. She's going to be at one of the red carpet uh, lines for one of the Grammy celebrations. She just sent me a picture of a close up of Dionne Warwick, a beautiful picture of Dionne oh, cool. Warwick. So she's kind of hanging out there and moving about in the crowd. Then a little later, our friend Jessica Radloff, the best selling author of The Big Bang Theory, the definitive inside story. She's going to join us, and we're going to get a preview of some of the uh, new TV shows for mm-hmm. the month of February. And we're going to spend a fair amount of time tonight. This is the 65th anniversary of what has been termed the day the music died. Horrible plane crash with Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the Big Bopper. 65 years ago. And uh, joining us tonight, uh, a good friend, John Mueller, who is just an extraordinary performer. We first met John Back about 2000, when he was uh, playing the part of Buddy Holly. On stage. And it wasn't a lampoon at all. It was like a very respectful 
presentation of Buddy Holly, and he's been carrying that on for years. Uh, well, we'll tell you more about yeah, that a little later tonight. Because he's on the Winter Dance Party Tour right now. And a little later tonight, the subject of cybersecurity is in the news. So mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Crispin is joining us a little later tonight. That's just some of what we yeah. have coming up. Wow. But I'm tired already. If we want to get to all that, we better stop and get to this. So stay with us at WGN Radio. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. <laughs> and I can hear the collective you asking, why on earth are they playing Leroy Anderson's The Typewriter Song? So? Ron, why would we possibly be playing Leroy Anderson's The Typewriter Song? Well, because it's a fun song. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. Now, now, let's dig a little deeper into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think you're the guy that posted a picture of a typewriter on your Facebook page today? Oh, yeah. That was actually a, a memory that I had from uh, a few years ago. I found on Facebook, on the Marketplace, a Royal typewriter. And I'm not sure what year it was, but it was the exact same model that I got when I was about 12 or 13 years old. And I had to have it. It was such a great memory. So it was a great addition to my living room. So did the typewriter that you got when you were 12 years old, did that kind of establish the I'm going to be a journalist uh, focus that you had? It didn't right away. But what it did was I learned how to type on it at a time, this was many years ago, when uh, a keyboard, a typewriter Mm -hmm. in somebody's home just was an unusual thing. Right. And I'd seen it at a neighbor's house. I was like, wow, you have a typewriter. (laughs) And she was nice enough to give it to me. And I carried that home about a block away. And I was so proud. And uh, so when we went in, uh, in high school, uh, and uh, there was a typing class. Yeah. Boys just did not take typing class. Right, unless you were Steve, they, who did take typing class. But well. it was uh, unusual. We were unusual. So, And uh, I did well. At ty- I learned how to type. I had fun with it. And when it came time to uh, pick a, a career in the Air Force uh, for uh-huh. broadcasting, they said, well, there's a, a, a typing admission. You have to know how to type, and you have to know how to type well. Because you're going to be, you know, a journalist in the uh, as well in the Air Force, and I was like, unbelievable. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> who knew that that class in high school? Who knew? Because my neighbor gave me a typewriter that I would be all set and ready to go, and so I joined, uh, uh, the, you know, the. Uh, broadcasting in the Air Force, and that's where you know things really uh, uh, took off for me. But if mm-hmm. I hadn't had that typewriter, I wouldn't have taken a typewriting class, and I wouldn't have gotten into um, broadcasting in the military. Yeah. So, well, the, and we have a, a similar uh, typewriter history. Uh, I took a typewriter class because I needed to fill up the, like the two credits the, or something. Two credits. And one of the only things open was uh, typewriter. I said, oh, okay, fine. Never thought I'd use it. I use it every single day. I have. Ne- it, yeah. it is one of the few classes out of my high school life that I, oh boy, am I glad I took that. You don't use geometry every day? Or algebra? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean either. Yeah. But the fun yeah. thing is, when you can sit down at a keyboard and you're not hunting and pecking, you're actually typing yeah. properly. Your fingers are on the yep. keyboard the way it should be. And, and Ron, I wonder if you're at the same point that I am. Um, 
I can actually, at this point, sometimes I don't write things out using handwriting. I can type faster. So it, it's oh, like easily, if, yeah. if I'm working on a blog or something, no, I'm just... Right. Right, and that's exactly how I spell I it. <laughs> well, I, I think you know uh, today, kids they you know they they type with their thumbs, you know, for yes, one thing, but yes. they know the keyboard very well, and it's just not, you know, a keyboard isn't an unusual uh, thing in their lives, but mm-hmm. it sure was back then. It was like Wait nobody, nobody had a keyboard. My dad was the fastest two finger typist I ever saw. You know, I just had a revelation. I, thank you, Ron, for saying that about kids uh, and, and keyboards. I guess I didn't realize the keyboard on my phone is exactly like the keyboard on the typewriter. It's a keyboard. I didn't realize yeah. that. I married oh, a stop sitcom. It. Stop it. <laughs> I was, you know. So I'm going to tie all this together. I said today in the Almanac, it's Carrot Cake Day. It was also on this date in 1957. Carrot typewriters? no. <laughs> Smith Corona, the biggest seller of typewriters, sold their very first typewriter in 1957 on this day. I thought it would have been a lot earlier than that. Wow, 57. Yeah, yeah. And, and, they, probably... and they sold it to the guy who invented carrot cake? Oh, stop it. I, I'm just going <laughs> to try to tie this It's going to be a long night in. if you're going to stop talking nonsense. Goodness. Um, I took typing. I, I'm surprised you guys didn't take typing because that's where all the girls were. It turned Me, out to be a good yeah. move, but that wasn't the, yeah. that wasn't the reason. <laughs> it's like I, I said, I want to take ROTC because that's where all the boys are. Oh, okay. Well, that's not really my thing. I'll take drafting. So I took drafting so I could be with all the boys, and I loved it. It was great. I thought for a the hot minute I'd be an architect, but then I outgrew that because they gave me a slide rule and I went, whoa, I'm not sure this is for me. Mm. <laughs> Bob, do you ever take typing? No. <laughs> He's sitting there just chortling. No. Yes, no, no, Bob no. does a good chortle, you know. <laughs> See? It's never too late, Bob. Oh, I know. No, my, my electives in high school were choir. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that's a nice surprise. We did and, not know that about you. Yeah, and so I had four years of gym, four years of math, four years of choir. Well, what did you sing in choir? What part? Baritone. Oh, hello. Yeah. Well. So you were the hmm. deep voice rutabaga rutabaga. That, that was me. That was you. <laughs> well, I also took four years of choir in college as well. Did you really? Yes. And then you just decided that. Well, it wasn't, you know, I knew I was never going to be uh That was know, not going to be your vocation. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm fine in the background, but, you know, yeah. I'm not a soloist. So when did you decide to become an engineer? Well, I always had a mechanical aptitude, but uh, when my best friend called me up and said, hey, I need an assistant, hmm. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. At a radio station? Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, because there's some guys say, well, you know, I used to hang out at Radio Shack with my right. dad. And so I was, you know, exposed to working on radios at home. Or in mm-hmm. your case, your dad was fixing TV, sure. Steve. And so, it, and, and I worked at a drugstore that we used to have one of those um, tube testers. Oh, yeah. It was oh, the yeah. coolest thing in the world because it looked like something in a science fiction movie. You would. They had I mean, all these little sockets and you just walk yeah. up with your tube and you plug it plug in. It and, in. Well, and, and, and my dad made his own tube we tester. We have it still. We do. In a suitcase. Yep. Because he would take it to houses. I'm, I'm trying to think, oh, what is it? Oh, oh, darn. It's amazing. But but what is the the name? It, it was one of those, they were sold at Allied Radio Shack. It was like a, 
not Heath kit, but it was a kit where you could make your own, and my dad made It is a big suitcase. Own. Oh, and yeah. You open it up, and you've got I all mean, the- It looks like you're, it's a traveling suitcase, and he would take that. We'd go to people's houses and just open this up, and I'd take the, test the tube. and. That's impressive. Yeah. Because I think you used to put like a buck in the machine at the drugstore. And you could stand there and test the tubes. And well, again, the machine was... And my dad used to do that. And then after a while, he realized, well, wait a minute, I could save a whole lot of money if I just made this thing myself. Yeah. So he did. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So somebody uh, text us. Uh, what, what is it? What is the it's kit? Not, it's not Heath kit, but it would... Now, this would have been back in the late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. There was a, another... But Heath kits were out then, too. Yeah. But it was a, it was another because wouldn't you get a Heath kit to actually build a radio to? Oh, you could do that. Well, my my dad built our first radio too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to say something ugly. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to play the age card because <laughs> I want to ride home. <laughs> yes. Well, we can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Rod. Just but, use your imagination. <laughs> by the way, the, the, I just happen to think because the Flintstones there, came to mind, but because there, the, there may be some new people listening to us yes. tonight. Uh, like your Uncle Frank. Yes, so, Uncle Frank. So, hi, Frank. You better be listening. Uh, so, we should explain. If people don't know who this uh, uh, this voice of Bob is, Bob is uh, Bob Fukuda, who is the keeper of the big plug, that uh, the engineer, he keeps us mm-hmm. on the radio. Right. And then Julian is our producer. Hi, Julian. Hello. He's so quiet, sitting over there going... Rutabaga, rutabaga, rutabaga. <laughs> Clacking away at my <laughs> typewriter. <laughs> rutabaga. Did you rutabaga. ever have a typewriter? Uh, no. Did you ever have to take typing in school? Yes. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm impressed. So you were, because I, I thought by the time you were in high school, they were saying, oh, that's so passive. I was the fastest two-finger typer in the West, Midwest. <laughs> so they didn't make you put your hands on the keys the proper way? No, they did. They did. Oh, okay. <laughs> they did. It was it was fun. I, it was something, we used a Mavis Beacon, I think it was called. Whoa. It was a software Oh yeah. wow! And so we would probably do. Didn't auto, you used to dance under that uh, name? Mavis Beacon, <laughs> yeah. I did. Yes. And now Mavis, Mavis Beacon. Beacon. <laughs> <laughs> the money was not good. That is not a good name. <laughs> well, we should stop talking and let some news. By the way, uh, that, that is Ron. He also chortles well too. Yes. That's Ron Brown in the newsroom. Oh, for those of you just meeting to, us, a little later tonight, we're going to get to work with uh, someone uh, that we have been a fan of. Mm-hmm. But we have never worked with uh, tonight. Sylvia Snowden is going to be uh, playing the part of uh, Gabe. That's right. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Well, Buddy Holly and the Crickets live. That was from the Ed Sullivan Show, and I, to this day, I don't know what the problem was, but there was something going on with Buddy and Ed Sullivan where uh, Ed was not... Like a rift? Yeah. Some really? kind of a rift, which is one of the reasons why if you find that clip on YouTube and if you look at it, it's Buddy Holly and all of the crickets, they're performing live, oh. and Sullivan didn't have the other crickets mic'd. What? So you couldn't hear their response in some of the choruses. So basically, you had uh, Buddy's guitar was mic'd, and you could hear the drums. 
and you couldn't really hear the rhythm guitar uh, that clearly. That and had to be a serious I mean, rift. It, it's just, to this day, I don't know what the story yeah. was. But we're That's be, weird, because it would affect the quality of what's going out yeah, to the public. And, I, I have no idea what the deal was, hmm. uh, but you can find out. Well, well, stick with us tonight. We're going to be yep. playing some... Uh, some pretty rare cuts. We have some live Richie Valens things, uh, yeah. a little more Buddy Holly live. And we're throughout the the night into the morning, we're going to be remembering that this is 65 years since what has been termed the day the music died, that horrible plane crash that uh, resulted in the deaths of Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. And it's quite possible we have some listeners that are leaving the Rouse Center for the Arts in Crystal Lake, and they just saw John Mueller perform for the Winter Dance Party Tour. And then that goes on to Bloomington, Illinois, tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, it's just, just a real busy time of the year for him. So I'm happy that we can track him down and chat for a few minutes tonight. So we've got uh, a lot going on tonight. Uh, a little later, as we said, we're also going to be uh, uh, segueing out to the left coast and one of the red carpet pre-Grammy events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still getting pictures. I'll put. Oh, I think I'm going to post some of those pictures too from the red carpet tonight. Okay, because our friend Lynn Orman is out there and she'll be reporting for us. You had a question, and I believe we've had a couple of answers come in by a text. But Peter picked up the phone and called three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You guys can text us or call us at that number all the time and peter hi welcome to wgn hey well welcome back and i feel like it's old home week i've been (laughs) calling you guys since you've been on the air wow uh back then i was living in park forest and Mm -hmm. long ago in a park forest long ago there was an allied electronics right and they sold Archer electronics kits, including oh. a tube tester. Archer. Later on, that became Allied Radio Shack. And then, just like Robux, uh, Allied kind of disappeared and right. became just Radio Shack. Right. But uh, And along the way, the Archer kits all disappeared, too. But, and Radio Shack disappeared. Well, eventually, but yeah. I, I, they weren't quite connected. There was right. quite a while while it was just Radio Shack. But anyway, <laughs> before they disappeared, Archer Electronics kits were sold by Allied Electronics, and th- that store string went way back. I mean, the Park Forest store wasn't that old, but, I mean, they went back to... Uh, I think it was one up in Harvey that went back to the 30s. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm familiar with Archer, but that's not who I was thinking of. Uh, and some people have said, was it Tandy? No, it wasn't Tandy. Uh, so far, because we've got a lot of uh, people. And it wasn't Texas Instruments. wasn't Texas out of Instruments. Yeah. Th- there's well, some I, other. I, I do know that there was an Archer tube tester. Right. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. Right. Well, what we have to do is when we go to Florida, we'll go into that shed and we'll open up all that fabulous stuff that we have stacked on the shelves and take some pictures of the, the cool stuff that we saved. Including fascinating, uh, yeah. Including uh, th- there's uh, oh some old baseball memorabilia that my yeah. dad has. Yeah, um, yeah. And he had a, yeah. quite a collection of, of um, artifacts from around the world that people would bring him whenever, like missionaries would travel to far flung places, and they would bring him artifacts back, and he had them all over his living room wall. Yeah, there was and, one wall that where you would see everything from a crossbow. 
to uh, to an uh, O-ring from a NASA shuttle that he yeah. was given. A congressman oh. gave him an O-ring, which I never thought that was that was a, a good thing to have, but he had it, <laughs> and we kept it. Well, as, as a wall hanger, maybe it's fine. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Hanging um, off of a shuttle, probably not. The one thing I'm kicking myself that I never got out of the Ally catalog is that they had a Hofner violin body electric bass. Oh, oh really? I don't remember. Wow. $9. What? No kidding. <laughs> you could make your 60s. own. Wow. Wow. No, no, not make your own. I'm talking about the, the, the actual. Ready to play, just tune it up and go. Yeah. At that price? That's crazy. Yeah. And, and what year would this have been? This was in the '60s. I had it was it was almost like a Sears catalog. It was wow. the Monster Allied Electronics catalog, and they had a whole section of various musical instruments from harmonicas on up. How cool! I had no idea. Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. I wish I still had that catalog. It's like I, it's like having an old Sears catalog. Yeah, also. yeah. I'm gonna have to Google that and find out some of those gems because I'd never even heard that. And, and try to to find some of those catalogs online. Mm. The prices they're going for are crazy. Well, it, it, particularly if, if you try to find one of the old Sears wish books. Good luck. Yes, yes. And, and Peter, thanks for calling. I, I'm going to tie this in with the auto show, which we're going to be talking about a lot over the next few weeks. I always gave Steve grief because when we would go to the auto show, I would have to carry a shopping bag. He would carry a shopping yeah. bag of brochures, but I would yeah. also have to carry a shopping bag. And I go, oh, come on. I mean, heavy stuff. Heavy. Yeah. Now I see the price of some of those brochures online. Yep. Oh, you my. could buy a car yeah. with. <laughs> well, if we sold all the ones that you have kept over the years, probably. Yeah. But I mean, ten, and, fifteen. And we've had to weed it out some of them, but yeah. we still have a significant amount. Well, we kept all of those that we picked up for the cars that we owned, right? And for example, Pontiacs are not around anymore, so those Pontiac brochures mm-hmm. are very, very collectible. Yep. And cars that were like one-offs, you know, they just didn't make it. Um, yeah, you got a brochure for it. You'd be surprised. Well, and I, I've told the story before, uh, but not everybody's heard it, so I will tell it again. Years ago, because I, I was always an auto show geek. Mm-hmm. The auto show was the event. Mm-hmm. Winter auto show. Before I went to the auto show, went to a McDonald's. At the McDonald's, slippery, fell down, elbow hurts. Oh. Okay, not a big deal. Go to the auto show, wandering around the auto show, picking up all of these brochures, bags and bags of brochures, get back to drive home. And as I'm driving home, all of a sudden, my elbow starts hurting. Long story short, I wound up in the emergency room. I'd broken my elbow. And I didn't realize that I broke my elbow because I was focused on, got to get to the auto show, got to get the brochure. <laughs> Wound up having to have my arm in a cast for about a month. Sure. And Was it your right arm? It was my right arm. That's yeah. when you found out that you could write mirror writing yes. without thinking about it. it yeah, You're I, a crazy I tra- man. You're weird. <laughs> you just You're wonderfully it? weird. <laughs> I, I had to write something, and it was hard to because my wrist was not having a good time either my arms in a cast my wrist is hurting so i had tried decided to see well can i write with my left arm i could but it was mirror writing 
He didn't even have to think about it. And it was but if you held it up to a mirror, it was correct. Yeah, exactly. That's strange. Yeah. <laughs> and even today, you can put a, a pen in your hand yeah. and, and just write, yeah. and it's mirror It's just kind writing. of an instinctive thing, and I never thought about That's it. That's a part of our brain but, that we don't use. But rather than writing with my left hand, writing the correct way, the correct way it's like my left hand mirrors what I'm doing with my right hand. I have no idea. So, some doctor is probably yelling at the radio that's and saying, a Oh, that's for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's a but, real talent. Yeah. They say there are large parts of our brain that we don't use. Yeah, I got a bunch <laughs> and, of them. That's one you've tapped in that's just kind of, th- that part of my brain's just sitting there. It's like a bowl of jello. It's just kind of wobbling around because it has no clue how to do that. Because I could sit there and think about it really hard because you're spelling words backwards. Yeah. That is crazy, wild, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> See, I kind of, I tempered that criticism. Nice crazy, spin. wild, and wonderful. Nice spin. I love it. <laughs> On that note, I'll pause while I'm ahead. We'll take a break. Nothing in the world like a big-eyed girl to make me act so funny, make me spend my money, make me feel real loose like a long-necked goose, like a girl. Oh, baby, that's what I like. Oh, baby, that's what I like. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's uh, J.P. Richardson, a.k.a. The Big Bopper. J.P. was a disc jockey from Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, had this larger-than-life persona. Uh, he actually had a couple of hit records. There was uh, Chantilly Lace, and uh, he followed it up with The Big Bopper's Wedding. And uh, he had a couple of the. He also had uh, one of the early versions of White Lightning. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he was on that uh, that fateful tour. And uh, tonight, throughout the show, we're going to be remembering Buddy Holly, J.P. Richardson, and uh, Richie Valens. Uh, this is the 65th anniversary of what has been termed the night or the day the music died. And we kind of thought that uh, Hello Baby was a good way to get into some of the shouts that we yes, do every week. we do our shout-out every week. And we want to start by going to Algonquin, Illinois, Steve. Stacy. <laughs> yes, that would be Miss Stacy. <laughs> Hi, Stacy. She was the first one in tonight. Um, I think it was. You about, were the first, Stacy. At six o'clock this evening, she says, "Remember me? I'm out here in Algonquin." So thank you, Stacy. Jan Richardson's in Chicago. Brian Lefevre in Bridgeport. Bobby Danos, our buddy in Sandwich. Deb Scott and her mom Ann Selkie are listening. Uh, also, uh, Dean is in Indy. Sherry's in Morris. Bob's in Hobart, and our best friend of this radio station, Chuck Snitchler, is in Hobart, Indiana. Uh, my personal fans who spell my name right are listening in Elgin. And by the way, it's been suggested that if you don't straighten up, it could be the Steve and Joey show. Or excuse me, the Johnny and Joey show. Got a, a good ring to it. Uh, Robin is in Dyer. Dawn is in Michigan. Jim Gajewski is listening. Johnny's also in Michigan. Gordon is in Flowery Branch, Georgia. Bob in Arlington Heights. Bonnie's in Butternut, Wisconsin. I just love saying butternut because I think of white squishy bread when mm-hmm. I say that. Uh, I I think I told you off the air that we have, if you include the state of Illinois, we have 12 states that are represented tonight. Uh, Jan Richardson is in Chicago. Yay! Chicago's listening. We're getting out to Chicago. Yes, we are. 
Uh, Helen Bolgren is listening, and she says that she was working in a music store the day the music died, and she was selling records, and she said there were still some 78 RPMs back then. Mm-hmm. Brenda Schindler is tuned in. Lloyd Moncrief is in Ottawa. Stephen Verheron is listening. Gene Jacobson. By the way, Stephen wanted to know if the first picture posted on our trip into the radio station is a picture of this studio. Actually, that's a picture of an apartment building that's still decorated for Christmas. Yeah, We're in a high-rise downtown <laughs> overlooking the Chicago River, and the very last picture in tonight's trip to work, the very last picture is what I saw when I walked in the studio tonight. I snapped a picture out the window. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool picture of the, the red lights. Um, signifying that we are in the month of February. But I digress. Gene Jacobson is in Milwaukee. Randy Ryer is in Wheaton. Also, Allison Sturzinger is listening. Judy B. is in Oaklawn on her Sea Crane radio, which we hope arrived today. She ordered one. She was hoping it arrived today. Uh, Ellen Maria is in McHenry County. Lester Clyden, our trucking buddy, thinks he's going to be somewhere near Des Moines, Iowa tonight. Dr. Ivan Kryptosis is tuned in. Steve Colner in K-Town. Kenosha, Michelle Meyer in Norridge, Richard Capone is in Orland Park, Patricia Tintara, who is one of our number one fans, Peter Jakubowicz is in Citrus County, Florida, Tracy Douglas is in Savannah, Georgia, Helen Thomas is also in Kenosha, Ron Anderson is in Louisville, Kentucky, Mary Gold in Tinley Park, Diane Vasquez, who sent us a really neat graphic she put together for uh, February. It's a bunch of hearts with Stephen Johnny and oh, that's cool. And the call letters and thank you because Diane will be using that on our Facebook page. Jan Reinhardt is tuned in. Nora Brozanski, Donna Youngheim is in Oaklawn. Delphine Behrman, uh, also John Couture is in Warren, Michigan. Sharon Malone is in K Town. Nancy Hollins, Kristen Kirk is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Susan Schimmel is in Naples, Florida. Irene Farkas is in northern Wisconsin. Linda Moeller is in the Oklahoma Panhandle. Jeffrey Welshance is in Elkins, West Virginia. Nancy Taffy is tuned in. Eric Baum is in Wells Beach, Maine, tuned in. I think they had some freakish weather there last week. It was like 80 degrees. Mm. Very weird. Beverly Goodall is in uh, Highwood, Indiana. No, just Highwood, Illinois. Carrie Johnson is in Palm Coast, Florida. And this just in, Wally Powers is in Pinehurst, North Carolina. And Scott is in North Dakota. So now we're officially up to... 14 states we're being heard in tonight. Yeah. Thank you all for listening in. And that's what we do when we do a shout out. We just like to recognize that you're out there and we appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out with us. And if you want to uh, take a look at the pictures Johnny was talking about, you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show. And speaking of places we hang out on the Internet, you should if you have not done this yet. You should direct your browser to our blog, steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. And a lot of people have been asking, what about those other Tommy Emanuel videos that we've been promising? They are now posted. You can go and you can uh, check them out on our blog. Again, steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. We added three more Tommy Emanuel videos from the night he was in studio with us, and Julian did a wonderful three-camera shoot. Yes. And Tommy was was Tommy. 
It's amazing. uh, He's just... uh, And we have uh, thousands of people have have, um, viewed those videos since you posted them the other day. And we posted them because uh, there's a show called... um, Wood, wood songs. songs, wood songs, old time radio on it, PBS. It's both on PBS and it's on RFD. Yes, and thanks to a listener who brought it to our attention. So we tuned in and then we went, wait a minute, we've got those videos that we've never posted. And Julian did all the hard work. He worked three cameras and he did the editing and put them all together. And they're really wonderful. And people are loving them. And I sent them to Tommy. So uh, he would know that we finally got them up and, and running. Tommy is over in Europe. He sent me. He's in Ireland. He sent me a text back from Dublin to tell me that he appreciated it because we had unearthed a picture uh, from uh, so long ago of Tommy back in 2011 when uh, Tommy and his brother Phil Emanuel were in studio with us. Uh, Julian, I don't know if you've seen that, but that's on our blog now. The picture of uh, Phil and Tommy when they were in the studio with us in 2011. But go to stephenjohnny.wordpress.com. And that's where you can see the new Tommy Emanuel videos. And on our Facebook page, that's where you can see the pictures that Johnny has been posting tonight. And if you say, why do you have a blog? We do that because not everyone is on Facebook. And also because uh, a lot of the the normal social media, normal, uh, (laughs) sites, uh, they're becoming a little little quirky sometimes. So if you want to follow us, we suggest you check out our blog. Because the important stuff we put on our blog in more of an expanded form. And uh, if uh, Facebook or X or anything else goes down, our blog is still going to be there. Yeah. We're up to 16 states now because Nancy Pugh from Charleston, West Virginia, just checked in on our Facebook page. And our buddy Tim Mattis, who we've been friends with forever as a regular listener, he is tuned in tonight from Hayes, Kansas. So we're really getting out there tonight. And again, we appreciate you all for listening in. And uh, yes, uh, I do pictures on our way to work and I do pictures on our way home. And we said tonight, maybe next week we'll leave a little earlier and mix it up and take a different route to work so you'll yeah. see some different sides. And you were trying to upload some of those hyper... Um, Hyperlapse, yes. videos? I, I, something we learned from our guest a couple of weeks ago, Will Byington, taught us about using uh, the hyperlapse mode on our phones, uh, phone cameras. And so I was on Lakeshore Drive and I was doing these hyperlapse videos and they go by so quickly that it's almost kind of makes your stomach turn so i had about five or six of them and julian put them all together so i'm going to try to load that video so you can take a trip down lakeshore drive with us but coming up we're going to be talking with steve burnus we're going to be talking about some of the scams to be aware of big football game coming up next week yeah you, you guessed it there are some scams that are surrounded the no. game and people have figured out Surely a way just. yeah to take advantage of you and take your money so we're going to talk about that and tax time too and scams in general King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Speaking of taking care of business, it has been a while since we have talked with the man who is the president and chief executive officer of the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and 
Northern Illinois. He is the one and only Steve Burnus. And Steve, it may be February, but allow us to say Happy New Year. Welcome. Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Thank you. Well, looking at the calendar, there is a little thing called a game, a Super Bowl game coming up next Sunday. I'm not at all surprised. I'm sad because I'm sure there are going to be a number of people that are going to be taken advantage of. The Better Business Bureau has become aware of scams surrounding betting on the game. Is that correct? It is correct, Johnny. So we're the Better Business Bureau scam trackers picking up scams related to this with fake websites uh, saying that you can place the bets. And it looks like a, a legitimate website or it looks like a, the one you know. And it's actually counterfeit sites, and they mimic the legal sports betting operation. So you think you're dealing with somebody you know and trust, and it end up being a, a fraudulent site just trying to get your credit card number and steal your money from you. Because if you're going to place a bet, you're going to have to give them some information like your credit card number. And I, I would assume that they even take it so far as you believe that you actually have a legitimate bet going. You're watching the game right. only afterwards you find, right. find out you've been taken, right? Right. Yeah. They, don't, they don't pay. They don't answer their phones or the, the site has been taken down. And actually, they're asking for banking information, too. They want the <sighs> credit card and banking. So... They're asking for both. So we're seeing that across the country, not only here, but we just want consumers, you know, there's a lot of counterfeit websites. Just go to the sites that you know and trust directly. Don't follow the links or text message or these too-good-to-be-true offers because they could be a scammer on the weeds waiting to take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. So, but what if you are someone who, for the first time ever, decided you want to bet online so you don't have any sites that you know and trust. You're just looking to find sites. What do you look for if you're a first-time person? What do you look for to differentiate the legitimate sites from the scam sites? Well, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a, a good businesses out there, obviously. You have to look at the website itself and do the research on them and see what you know the Better Business Bureau report has on them and what others have on them, not just us, but looking on the internet and seeing what, you know, customer reviews, reading those types of things. Just because they have a business license that are online doesn't make them a good business either. So before you do business with anybody, you should do the necessary due diligence, even checking them out and reading reviews and doing the research as much as you can in that organization before giving your money up. Steve, could I go to bbb.org and actually look up these companies to see what's what you guys have listed? Yes, we have listings on uh, all sorts of companies. We grade them from A plus to F, and it's all across North America, including Canada. Uh, we have information on, on businesses uh, ahead of time, uh, so you can make it. It's, we're going to help you make that decision yourself. We mm -hmm. can't make that decision for you, so we'll tell you, you know, what kind of grade they have, what kind of pattern of complaints or governmental mm -hmm. action, and things of that nature. So many times, consumers do the homework and research after the fact, after they've been scammed. Hmm. Or dealt with a bad business, only to be told that you you know you should have done this ahead of time. Hmm. And I would imagine that there are some scams. I'm just guessing here, trying to think like the bad guys think uh, that you you the better may go all the way to the point where yippee, we're celebrating because I've won, and it's only yeah. then that they start asking you for more money before you can get your winnings back. That sounds like that would be something they'd do. Yeah, exactly. They would do that. They do anything to try to get more money out of you or tell you something's wrong or you need insurance or you didn't pay this or pay taxes. And the scammers will stop at nothing. So there's no, you know, way, one way that the scammers will take advantage of you. 
But ever since the pandemic, it's just we have not seen as many scams as we are seeing currently. Every year it's getting worse. And, and I've been doing this for 36 years. And now it's really just opened up to the Internet has opened up to all these scammers, especially since, the, like I said, the pandemic, because everybody has shifted their focus online and does it, most of their business online. And, yeah. and that's where the scammers are. Well, since they're online, I don't know if you have uh, this information, but do you have any way of checking, are most of the scam sites originating offshore or from this country, or do you have that kind of information? They're all over the place. A lot of them are offshore, you know, across the globe somewhere else, and consumers you think they're dealing with a local company, and it's really hard to determine. There's pop-up sites that start in the morning or gone in the afternoon, yeah. and, and there's scams here. There's, scam, there's basically scams everywhere, but a lot of times they are offshore because they, you know, they don't care about the you know, U.S. laws they, or you know, restrictions or regulations. They just go after anybody that they possibly can. So that's why you need to do the research on the website, make sure they have a, a page where they have the information about the company, the address for them, a phone number, and things of that nature. You know, what's really uh, what's worse is when you know you get these ads that pop up on your screen and you just click on them, mm. not knowing where they're going. I mean, you, they can be going anywhere. They can put spam or malware on your computer. It's it's really frightening. And, uh, you know, we've seen a police station about seven years ago had to pay the ransomware because they clicked mm-hmm. on that link and locked up their police files. So. Mm-hmm. If it happens to the police, it happens to you as a consumer. And just within the past month, Johnny and I have noticed a serious increase in the number of emails we're getting from companies that look as if they are companies we normally do business with. But there's something, it could be a word misspelled, or, or, the or address. we check the address and we said, no, this is not yeah. legitimate. But boy, has that increased since the beginning of the year. In fact, uh, Steve, you probably hear this all the time, getting email from PayPal yeah, and getting an email that says, well, your $847 transaction was just made today and your mm-hmm. product will be sent out this afternoon. And you get that sick feeling like, what? I didn't buy a computer or a camera or whatever cost that much money. And then you look at the address and it's some crazy combination of letters and it's just has nothing to do with PayPal. And you know, then you don't click on anything. Exactly. There was a recent consumer in the Chicago area lost fifty thousand dollars was taken out of their accounts Mm. uh, because he thought that he was dealing with PayPal directly, and they asked him to move his funds over to another account and um, to protect himself. And then they they said they they got into his other account, so they got on the screen and they pushed fifty thousand dollars of his own money into this account. He said, "Look, we deposited, now we need it back." So he wired it back to them. Oh. And unfortunately, that was his money as well. It, it'll take time. You, you most likely will get money back from the bank. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, but it, mm-hmm. it could take months. And oh, yeah. uh, a lot of times people then can't, don't have access to their account because they put a hold on it. Something's wrong with your account. So then you can't even get to your other money because yeah. your money is held up. That's right. Yeah. But just before we take a break, Steve, uh, would it be a good rule of thumb, particularly sticking with uh, the the big game and people who are going to bet on that, if you choose to do that, do that with a credit card that is not associated with your bank accounts. Never use a debit card. Never. 
your safest always bet is your credit card. You have your best protection with that. And you do have protection on your, on your debit card, but when they do get into your debit card and steal money from your account, like I just mentioned, they lock up your account until the investigation is done. It can take six, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. All that money you had in that account is locked with it. So then, you know, people can't pay their bills, their mortgages, their phone bills, or anything like that because all their money is tied up on that. Yeah. So, yes, your safest bet is the credit card. And any other unconventional payment methods, whether it be gift cards or, you know, uh, using any type of other currency, then, you know, U.S. currency uh, is usually the tip off to rip off on those scams. We're talking with Steve Burness, who's the president and chief executive officer of BBB of Chicago and Northern Illinois. And here we are in the new year. Not only do we have a Super Bowl, but we're into tax season. And Steve, I think I came across a a statistic that in 2022, we taxpayers lost $5.7 billion to tax scams. That's billion with a B. B? That is a B with a billion. That's according to the IRS. And it's probably going to be more in 2023 and then people don't think it really happens and it does and it's getting to a point where it's very concerning uh, because people are, are stealing your identity and some of the stealing of the identity is that sometimes they try to to you know do a tax uh, ask for a tax refund to, uh, in your using your social security number and filing taxes fraudulently and getting the refunds too before you even, even file so you know, tax tax fraud, tax identity theft is is a growing crime, and it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when your identity will be stolen. Sometime in your lifetime, it's getting to a point as the fastest growing white collar crime, and wow. and I've been a victim of it many times, several times. And the attorney general, previous attorney general Lisa Madigan, uh, you know, she was uh, a victim of identity theft. Yeah. So you can't stop it; you just got to control it and do as much as you can to prevent it. So, so how do you? prevent it or control it. Well, Steve, I remember uh, last year about this time we got a, an email from a listener who was just beside herself because she had received an mm-hmm. email from the IRS and we said, no, 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 do not do anything with that because Steve Burnus, uh, the IRS doesn't send you an email, do they? No, they do not send you an email. They send you an official letter on that. They never send you an email threatening you or telling you got to pay taxes or they need your information. They have your information. Yes. They don't need your social security number. So, Steve, the way they get it is usually by a phone call or a text or some other ways, means of a message to you saying it's the IRS, Social Security uh, Administration, something is wrong. We need your information. We need your social security number. And you freely give it up. And unfortunately, you know, uh, they still don't have the proper fixes for caller ID, so they can manipulate the caller ID so they can say they're calling from the IRS when they're not. And Mm -hmm. I think so many times consumers freely give up their information, and that's a lot of times what happens. And then sometimes you can't prevent it, like data breaches or hacks, and then sometimes there's phishing scams where you click on a link and then they take control of your computer, or they go in your computer, and they're going to start going through it and going through your emails and, mm. and finding a lot of information about yourself. I feel it, my heart rate go up as we're having yeah. this conversation. I'm like, oh, I need to go home and, and look at my computer. Steve, it isn't one of the ways that you can minimize this, and it yes, it will cost you a little bit of money, but if you're doing your taxes, do it with a established company that will be doing your taxes a professional well that's the you want to you want to find a professional who's who's known and trusted and that because they have all your information and how do they store your information too that's always a concern 
And then you got ghost uh, tax preparers, which I mean by that are people who prepare taxes won't sign their names to it, and they say they can do it cheaper yeah. for you. Oh. You know that's not a good sign because they're not they're breaking the law. First of all, and secondly, if there's something wrong with your tax form, they are go after you, not them. Yep. And, and it's, it's amazing the amount of tax fraud out there, and I think consumers, you know, really have to pay attention to that. And, and uh, if you have been a victim of identity theft in some way, there's a uh, what's called an IP pin uh, from the IRS where you can lock down your tax forms and uh, a little bit stronger than a normal uh, situation. It's a six-digit code they give you. Um, you have to prove who you are, and then they'll give you a special code. It's called IP pin. It's on the IRS website. You can get more information about this. So if you've ever been a victim of identity theft, you might want to put that on there. It's free of charge, mm-hmm. and uh, it helps prevent identity theft through the uh, U.S. taxes. It, isn't that really that uh, a very important step that you should take? And, and a lot of people don't want to do this, whether it uh, is dealing with social media or taxes or anything. Always go for a little bit of additional verification. If you can get an additional, as you were talking about, an additional PIN, uh, two-factor authentication. Yeah, it's going to take a little more time, but boy, does it make a difference in trying to secure your your information as much as you can. In fact, um, Steve, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and there were some people saying, yeah, but it takes more time if I go to do my banking on my phone, and then they have to send me a code. But how much time is it going to take if your information is hacked, if yes. your bank account is hacked? Uh, so take a little bit of time and hopefully prevent that. Exactly. A little bit of time could save you a lot more time in the long run. Like you said, I've seen people take five, six years to clean up their credit mm. once they've been a victim of identity theft. It can happen for 10 years because you never know who's got your information. So take preventative measures. Uh, that's a good way for trying to prevent it. You're not going to completely prevent it. But there's things also you can do is also freeze your credit reports. And I think consumers kind of hear that. They got kind of scared and leery of that word freeze. But it actually makes it a little bit harder for somebody to open an account in your name. Uh, so you can get that through your credit report companies. Uh, it's all on their websites as well, explaining it. But it's a credit freeze, and you can unfreeze it pretty quickly. So if you are going to go buy a car, you can quickly unfreeze your account, go out and buy the car, and then come back home and refreeze your credit. Uh, it's It doesn't cost anything anymore. It used to cost money, and we suggest consumers do The Better Business Bureau suggests you do this as well prevent uh, identity theft from happening to you and your family and kids identities that are stolen too so i don't think parents yes. realize that you got to check your children's identity uh, uh, credit reports at annualcreditreport.com uh, to see if they're uh if they've been victimized in any way because sometimes it, it takes years for that to surface because they're not buying anything so mm-hmm. if they steal their identity at 16 or 15 or 14 and they most likely won't buy something since they're 18. That's when they usually find out they have been a victim of identity theft. Wow. And what they do is, they, because everybody has to have a social security number, is somebody gets that number mm-hmm. and that name, and then they can mm-hmm. just they just run with it. It is. You can run with it. And sometimes it's family members who steal other yes. family members' information, too. So you got to protect your social security number and your children's social security numbers as much as possible. Treat it like gold. Don't give it up to anybody unless there's a definitive business reason for it. Mm-hmm. And most times you can work around it if you, you know, the, the, uh, if you take uh, more time necessary 
to prevent this from happening to you. Well, I've got to say that I I know of at least three times I've had a, I, a, a at times kind of tense conversation with someone at a doctor's office because when they gave me paper to fill out, I did not put my social security number down. Maybe I would put down XXX and give it back to them and they would call me back to the desk and they say, we, I say, what do you need it for? And literally could not tell me what they needed it for. Yeah could not tell me and i said so do you think i should give it to you and so we would go back and forth and finally they said well forget about it they don't need that information in the doctor's office on a piece of paper that could end up in a garbage can once they put it in the computer speaking of that uh, steve i'm segueing a little bit and we may have told you about this before but years ago johnny and i were being audited by the state of florida because since we own a house down there, we we own some property, they were convinced that since we were not full-time residents, we were renting the place out. We had never, ever, ever rented it out. So they requested, get a load of this, Steve, they requested five years of our tax returns. Send us five years. And so I called and actually got to a human being and I said, and what will you do with those five years of tax returns when you're done? And she said, well, once we get them in the system and we we analyze it and we we look at your case, we just toss it. And I got this sick feeling they'd go into a dumpster somewhere, right? So you hope not. <laughs> yeah, but she couldn't tell me they didn't go into a dumpster. So we said, nope, no, nope, we'll be seeing you face to face. And this was a classic case of we were being called guilty and we had to prove our innocence. We were guilty, but we had to prove that we were not renting our property and we owed taxes. But we went down, we took all the information with us. We went down and we had a face to face meeting with them. And one of the frustrating things was at the end of we were uh, talking to them for about four hours yeah and at the end of it they said well okay will you sign a statement saying that you've never read it we said yes we told you we would do that six months ago (laughs) (laughs) so we signed and they let us out because and it took so long because they just let us sit there and wait while they were quote investigating us oh sure want to remind you again if you want to check out their website it's bbb.org and steve i want to try to cover a a little bit more ground here because you said that uh uh, this whole business of scamming is like the biggest white-collar crime we've got going on. Did I get you right there? It's identity theft. Uh, the identity theft, going. yes. Right. And I'm looking at your scams from last year, from 2023, and we've touched on some of them, like online purchases and phishing scams. And new one, I understand, that popped up on the top 10 last year was healthcare, Medicare and Medicaid. And, and, and what kind of scams occur under that umbrella? A lot of times what we're hearing from consumers is that they get to receive these calls from Medicare that they can help you or Medicaid, but we need your social security number. And unfortunately, we think it's uh, them calling them and it's not. Um, oh. So you got to be very careful of the imposters. And you got a lot of fake tests and a lot, there was a lot of fake COVID testing where consumers would get these bills. And I never, I never uh, got all these COVID testing. Uh, so there's a lot of fake um, Medicare claims by organizations and, and, you know, really uh, illegal. Yeah. So it's just nonstop. And it seemed to hit Medicare pretty hard last year because it put us on the top 10 list for the first time uh, this year or last year, I'm sorry, in 2023. Yeah. So but a lot of it's imposter scams where people are saying they can help you. They're calling for Medicare 
and they, but they need your social security number. And so that's just like gold to them, that social security number. And then you give them all your birth date and you give them everything else. And before you know it, you're a victim of identity theft. Hmm. And isn't one of the key things here that in most cases, whether it is uh, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, whatever, they're probably not going to be calling you. So if you get a call, I would say ignore it, and then you call on your own if you have a doctor, if you have a, a Medicare or a number or something like that. You should initiate the calls or the online uh, communication with a website with a phone number that you already have yeah. established. Like call your bank if you get an email exactly. from your, quote, bank, and you think, well, that's weird. They've never emailed me before. <laughs> yeah, if you get that weird feeling. But I remember last year, Steve Burness, I called you when I got the phone call from sure. the utility company, and they said they were going to turn off our, our electricity. And I called you, and I said, why would they be calling me? And it, on my caller ID, it said... The, and the caller ID did show that it was, in fact, right. the company. Because just like they can fake websites, they can fake, fake their caller, caller IDs. ID. They haven't fixed that one yet. They're working on it, they said. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully they'll get in. But that's a good point, Steve and Johnny, is that anybody calling you and saying you have to do something quickly within 30 minutes, that's usually the tip-off to the rip-off. Don't answer those calls. Let it go to voicemail. Don't answer those texts. If you think it's your bank, if you think it's your mortgage company, just call them directly or go directly to their website. And that's how that person just lost $50,000 on PayPal. They thought he was dealing with PayPal was just on a call, and he never called PayPal or checked his own account. He was trusting that person in their line, and those are scammers, and they do this all day long. They know how to scam you out of your money. So make sure, don't answer your phone. Let it go to voicemail. And then do the homework and research on that company and then call the company itself. And one of the key things is in 90% of these things, they're trying to put you in as much of a stressful situation so you think you have to react quickly. Do not react quickly. Or don't do not, be stressed. Or don't call Steve right. Burnus and say, help me. I don't know what's going on. They're going to turn off our power. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 30-minute rules is the primal of importance. If someone wants you to do something 30 minutes, that's usually to tip off to the ripoff. And the only thing you should do in 30 minutes is buy a pizza, and that's it. <laughs> well, can I take you back to the Medicare thing? Because I'm kind of baffled by this. Would one find out that their Medicare account had been erroneously or 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 falsely um, billed for, say, a COVID test when you get a statement from Medicare? Is that how you would find that out? Yeah, usually it's your Medicare account. You see that they paid off the, uh, you know, COVID. I think one person had 19 charges for COVID. Wow. And uh, that's how you usually find out uh, that you've been a victim of identity theft. They may be somebody filing claims on your behalf, too. You just don't know who's doing it. It's a trouble because they're not here. They're offshore. They could be anywhere. Yeah. And they hide behind everything. So you, just because they use it doesn't mean you're ever going to find these people. And the only way to put scams out of business is not to give them your business. There's no other way that you're going to get your money back uh, from these scammers is you can't give them your business and tell your parents, your grandparents is to do the research ahead of time. And if you see a scam, we need the public to report it to the better business bureau because we have that scam tracker and that's, and it just helps us tremendously and helps all the governmental agencies that are all connected mm-hmm. to the database. And we keep track of the scams all across North America. And it's just amazing. If people just go there first, and see it, and they can report it. If you, and if you haven't fallen for it, which we hope you don't, just still let us know because 
we this is how we get our warnings out to the public and this is how we let the government officials know mm-hmm. they can put these people out of business or put them in jail where they belong but they don't catch them you know that so you can't do business with them because otherwise you just lose your money yeah yeah well before we let you go a couple of people wanted to know and this comes up every time we have you on the show uh what what is your opinion what's the the bbb's opinion of life lock is that something we should be um investing in well, something it's like an insurance policy, whether you need it or not. I suggest consumers to look around at all those different sites. LifeLock is the one where the CEO was actually, uh, his identity theft uh, was stolen 13 times after he published his social security number on, his, on the advertisements, and he guaranteed his service would stop identity theft. Uh, a lot of times your insurance policies do cover identity theft, and everyone's different, so I'm asking you please to call your insurance agent and see if they have this same type of service. There's a lot of companies out there. Do your homework on it and do the research on them, but talk to somebody that you know and trust to get some information. But uh, your insurance company may have a lot of information for you as well. Well, that's a new thought. I Honestly, I'm looking at Steve like, really? We, we better call on Monday to find out about that. And that's why we have you on the show, and we thank you so much for staying up late My and pleasure. for taking your time. And uh, again, how do you want people to get a hold of you if they want to report uh, what they think is a scam? Well, they go to our website, bbb.org, and then we have Scam Tracker on there if they see a scam. But if also you want to find a good business, there's a lot of good businesses out there, go to our website. You can find a business that you can trust, and if you just look for the BBB seal, which is a sign of a better business. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. Have a great week. Thanks a lot, Thank Steve. Thank you so much. Take Have care. It. We're going to segue out to the left coast to uh, one of the big pre-Grammy show events. So mm-hmm. stay with us at WGN Radio. These old days, baby. You're going to wish you had a man like me. Steve King and Johnny Putman and WGN Radio. Man, it was fun the night we had him in the studio with us. That's Bobby Rush. You're going to need a man like me. That's from his album called All My Love For You, which is nominated for Best Traditional Blues Album. Uh, So it may get Bobby a Grammy Award. Which would be very cool. When we had Bobby in studio with us, we also had our friend Lynn Orman in the studio with us. Lynn is a um, um, media producer. She's the woman behind OrmanMusicMedia.com and she's the cutie that you'll see on the red carpet on the pictures that I posted on our Facebook page. And How are you doing tonight, Lynn? Oh my goodness! I was good. I didn't want to barrage you with uh, so many photos, but oh my, it was it was amazing. It nope. was chaos. But it was absolutely amazing, and now I'm in a very nice gentleman's Uber where it's quiet. <laughs> Left the red carpet and heading to uh, Bobby Rush. Actually, uh, boy, I don't know. He must have done six events today, and right now he's on his way to the Troubadour in Los Angeles to um, do a, a tribute to Paul Simon. Oh, wow. Well, that's very cool. Well, d- y- y- if you can, Lynn, uh, for people that are saying, but the Grammys are Sunday night, so what is this that's going on tonight? Because y- you literally, this was a red carpet event that you were at. Can you explain a little bit about that for us? Sure. Well, you know, I guess I want to let the listeners know that it's gr- it's not just about the Grammys, and I'm sure with all the award shows, it's the same thing. It is really Grammy week for us because, well, this evening I was covering the Clive Davis uh, red carpet 
Clive was there, I, I was going to send you, and I will. So you can post it if you'd like. Um, a little clip of Clive Davis on the red carpet. But there was everybody there, from Bon Jovi to Tom Hicks to uh, Jelly Roll, Warren Treaty, um, my my absolute favorite, Patty Austin. And I'm sure, Steve, this is one of your favorite uh, writers, um, Diane Warren. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Diane Warren. She is probably one of the most prolific songwriters who has won every step. I'm sure she will be an EGOT sometime because yeah. she has won, won so many awards and just an amazing singer-songwriter. Um, also, Desmond Child, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was there, and I love that he said <laughs> the, the outfits, and you will so love this, Johnny. I mean... Yeah, you had everything from uh, men with uh, tattoos as their shirts. Justin Child, actually, I was looking at his uh, wonderful tattoos, and on his on his right arm, he had Lauren Nero's name tattooed wow. on his right arm. Wow! Wow! So instead of wearing shirts, they just were, were tattoos? tattoos. They just wear tattoos. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> You've got to have a lot of confidence to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, it was funny. He goes, you know, if the, at 70 years old, this is what I can do. Wow. Why not do it? More power to him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You, you didn't get a picture of that or him? I did. I oh, did. well, I, I have to. Send that to you. Yeah, oh, yes, you, you got, have to you send got to that. share that. Because you sent a beautiful yeah. picture of Dion Warwick. That woman looks fabulous. And I also posted that picture. Okay, absolutely. She is just ageless. She was in Barbie Pink, and they said if you had to if you had to tell your young self something that you would do over, what would it be? And she said, "Well, I'm not my young self anymore, so I want to tell her anything because I'm here right in the moment." Oh. If you want to see some of the pictures we're talking about, uh, Lynn was nice enough to send us some pictures and go to Facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show, and you can see some of the yeah. pictures. Uh, John Bon Jovi looks all right, too. Yeah, he sure does. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to state the obvious. <laughs> oh, my God. The man is beautiful. I mean, really. He is just flawless. And I mean, here you've got standing next to each other Bon Jovi. Next to him, Jelly Roll. You know who I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is the young man who was in prison, was, I mean, a rapper, and now he's crossed over to being a country artist. And I think he, he just recently won an Emmy, he told me. But um, he really, he, uh, Jelly Roll and Warren Treaty, I mean, really, their agendas are extraordinary they really want to reach out that you know the music is all about healing the world yeah right and and i that's the message i keep hearing over and over and over again and jelly roll is nominated for uh, save me with laney wilson they're nominated for best country yes. duo or group performance and, and that you you can't if you haven't uh, heard that or watched the video Give yourself a couple seconds. Get a box of Kleenex. Yeah, because it's, it's one powerful. of the. It oh will get to you. Yeah. It's a and wonderful. I, I video. believe they're actually going to perform it on the Grammys on yeah. Sunday night. They're going to be a couple yes. of fabulous duos. Hey, Lynn, did you hear that Tracy Chapman is going to be at the Grammys on Sunday night per- I, performing with Luke Combs? 
I know. That just makes my heart sing because I I remember I was in the washroom when Tracy Chapman did um the car what's the car song? Fast um, cars. Fast car, yeah. Fast car. And I, I remember I was coming, I'm like I was with my girlfriend Linda and I'm like, Oh my god, who is that? She's she's ex- absolutely Absolutely extraordinary. Um, I have to tell you, who like blew me away was Shania Twain. Really? Wow. She sang last night. There was a tribute. They, every year, I think it's something like 20 years now, um, Music Cares, mm-hmm. which is the arm of the Grammys that helps musicians who need to go into counseling for addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it, it's always extraordinary. I mean, they've Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney, Aerosmith. Um, last year was, um, was Lionel, no, it was Smokey Robinson. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it's just, it's incredible. They raise a lot of money and they really help a lot of artists who need help. And Shania Twain saying, Melissa Manchester, um, Bruce Springsteen, um, say my hometown, they did a duo. I mean, it's just been uh, one one fabulous day and night after another. Can I tell you what I did this morning? (laughs) Yeah, I watched you this morning. Tell everybody about it. I watched the live Um, performance. Okay, Chicagoans. This to me, just, just, I mean, there's celebrities everywhere, there's musicians, but for me, this is a real extraordinary moment. Ella Jenkins, the first lady of children's music, as Michelle Obama said, Ella Jenkins was the first lady before me. Okay, <laughs> it's true. Um, and Ella's going to be turning 100 years old on August the 6th. And I gathered, this was my 28th year of doing a, a children's breakfast, honoring all the children's performers. So this year, it's, pretty, it's great because Ella's wish was always to incorporate diversity in music. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, all you had was Disney soundtracks in this category. And now this year, last year, we had the alphabet rockers young rappers from Oakland who won. And then this year, we have Pierce Freelon and Nina Freelon, the great jazz artist, son and, um, and mother duo, and they're nominated for a Grammy. But this morning, I, got, I had 80 performers, 80 singers, and we sang You'll Sing a Song and I'll Sing a Song, which was Ella's signature song that actually is in the Library of Congress, and um, we sang that, and then we had a kazoo orchestra. And that was actually very, you, you think on paper it sounds cheesy? It worked. Yeah. I was listening to over 80 people playing the kazoo, and I went, holy smokes, they're really good. And then, th- thank goodness, before you broke up the gang, you remembered to sing happy birthday to Ella. And you all did that. And it was really sweet. It really worked out beautifully. I was just so just i felt so great so right now i am on my way to um to see wayne baker brooks oh my gosh yes wayne is playing at the annual 
Well, we call it, it's the, kind of the entertainment lawyer's um, little foray. And if you know who Linda Mensch was, Linda was one of our greatest entertainment attorneys, not only in Chicago, yeah. mm-hmm. but really in the country. And um, she was involved, sadly, in a hit-and-run car accident and killed a few years ago. And so this wonderful party is still going on in her name and in her memory and uh wayne plays every year at it so i am i am on my way there i was hoping that i would get there in time for him to do a shout out to you because he loves you too well well, please when you see him please tell him that uh that we said hey i'm wondering uh how much buzz is there about one of the performances that i'm really looking forward to tomorrow night Joni Mitchell, for the first time, oh is going God. to be performing yes. on the Grammys. Is there a lot of buzz about that? Oh, my God. It's the biggest buzz. It's, and I, we think from what the little media tips that we get that I, it's going to be with Brandy Carlisle. Oh, good. Wonderful. Good, because yeah. the, the, uh, the, the album that she's nominated for is live at the Newport Folk Festival, and Brandy organized nice. that. And, yeah, yeah. that's just, that's a great combination. And that's gonna, she's going to make Joni feel very comfortable, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, have you seen the documentary? No, we've just seen some videos from the performances. Yeah, we saw some videos, yeah. uh, some YouTube videos from the, the Newport Festival, and it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well, looking forward to that. And the other little tidbit we just heard was that uh, Tay will be there performing. She's working f- at the Claude Davis party tonight. Oh, she is. Uh, she's she gonna is. Perform? She is going to be because fl- yes, she yes, was yes. over in, I think, Japan. So she's flying back. But uh, I, well, I don't know. They said because that's what they told us tonight. So I'm. I'm not sure. I'm no. not sure. It will, it will be a surprise. Well, yes. Uh, I do understand, though, that her guy's uh, family is planning on being at the Grammys. Yeah. So you've got the, the, a couple of the Kelseys showing up at the performance tomorrow night. Well, you're having a, a big pinch-me weekend, Lynn. And thank you for joining us. Just keep sending me pictures, and I'm going to keep posting them because we're vicariously living through you. Okay. Can, I, can I share one more thing with uh, with everybody out there? Yeah, real quick. Okay. Um, okay. Go to live.grammy.com, the premiere ceremony where the blues artists, the jazz artists, producer of the year, all of the wonderful new categories, spoken word, Jay Ivey from Chicago for uh, poetry, and John Primer. Uh, from Chicago is nominated Best Tradition. It will be on 12.30 Pacific time, so 2.30 Chicago time. Just go to live.grammy.com and you can see the whole premiere ceremony before the broadcast. Awesome. We'll do that when cool. we get home. Thank you so much, Lynn. Be careful. Lynn, thank you so much. Uh, Have fun. Feel a big hug from us. That's Lynn Armand. She, she is so special. And uh, and having a good time. Oh, boy, is she. <laughs> uh, we got a lot more coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with a big bang. Hey!
It did. Steve <laughs> King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And that means we're going to be talking with one of our favorite people, who is the uh, senior West Coast editor at Glamour, New York Times bestselling author of The Big Bang Theory, the definitive inside story. And also, as it says right here, St. Louis native, Jessica Radloff. <laughs> Hey, Jessica. You guys crack me up so much when that song plays. I love it. Oh, gosh. You notice how he kind of he kind of swallowed the St. Louis na- native. St. Louis native. I know. I'm like, I don't know if I'm sorry. I don't, but, you know, listen, I love St. Louis. I also love Chicago. You do. We have yes. family there. We yes. have friends there. You guys are there. I love the food. So, That's you true. Know, there's room. there's room for both. Well, I'm glad we could pin you down because here we are in a new month and the strike is behind us and new TV shows are coming out. And that's what you do. You've been so incredibly busy oh my gosh, I've worried about your health because it's like every day you had an award show to go to and television was pulling you this way and that way. Can we take you back to the Emmys for a moment? Because some of your pictures from Emmy night are classic. You're at the table with Harrison Ford and Callista Flockhart. How cool was that? Okay. Well, that was actually the Critics' Choice Awards. Oh, that's right. Yes. And that was the night before. And I remember the Critics' Choice Awards. And what was so funny was that when Apple TV Plus first asked if I wanted to sit at Harrison Ford's table, (laughs) I was like, like, is this a joke? Like, what's happening here? You know? And I was like, absolutely. And I told my parents, because my dad is the biggest Harrison Ford fan, and I was so worried, though, because, like you said, I've been going nonstop. I did get sick the week after, and I'm still recovering from that. But I was like, you know what? Don't get too excited. What if Harrison gets sick before the event or, you know, somebody else's? Like, what if I do? I can't go. So I was very, like, taking a very calm approach to it all. And then I have to say, I've met Harrison before, and he's so lovely, and his the whole, you know, curmudgeon act that he puts on, it's its not really who he is. I mean, he can be to an extent, but he's really such a lovely, sweet guy that when I walked over to the table, he was already sitting down with Callista. And this was a good 20 minutes before the show started. And he stands up and he grabs both of my hands and he says, I'm Harrison. It is so nice to meet you. We are so happy you are sitting with us. And that is the, I mean, talk about a class act, somebody, no offense to any other actors I've been with, but there is something about those old school A-listers that know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the entire three hour dinner and show, like we were just bantering and teasing each other. And he asked me to pour him tequila because he was having trouble picking up the bottle. And Callista <laughs> was like, don't give him too much. Like he'll, he'll make him keep pouring. And I'm like, well, I don't really drink. So I don't know how much I'm supposed to pour him. Like, what, like, you know, what am I supposed to do? He was so funny. And it was just the greatest evening that I truly, not a lot knocked me, like, you know, knocks me off my What's the saying? I'm off your feet, yes. Yeah, and that's me off my feet. But that really did. I mean, it's to you know, I my dad. I always said my my parents are so proud of me with this New York Times bestseller. 
you know, um, thing that I have now in front of my name. But I got to say, I think sitting and having dinner with Harrison Ford <laughs> was probably up there, like right with that New York Times bestseller. That's cool. It's really funny. That is fun. Well, get, can I tie this in with television? Because I was happy, number one, that Calista Flockhart was there with Harrison Ford, his wife. But I'm also happy that she's back on television. What is your yeah. take on this, this Capote show that has this unbelievable cast of women so oh, what what is your take so, on the I'm series? I'm so glad, Johnny, that you said that because it is the second installment of the anthology series Feud from Ryan Murphy, and it's on FX. And the first season aired all the way back in 2017, and it was Feud, Betty, and Joan, mm-hmm. um, about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And it took, like, what is that now? seven years Mm -hmm. for the next installment to come out and it's Capote versus the Swans about Truman Capote and, and the Swans meaning, you know, the socialites that he really, they were his muse and he was with them all the time. And Tom Hollander who plays Capote is fantastic in the role, but this series belongs to these women. It's Calista Flockhart. It's Diane Lane. It is Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, um, Naomi Watts, Watts, who is incredible. Incredible. Um, and it's just a joy to see them all on screen together. Like, I don't even care what they're talking about. I just like watching them. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I was blown away by because it's set in the 60s. It's New York. They're, these are really rich women. These were real high housewives before we had the Real Housewives yeah. series. So they're wearing these fabulous clothes and they've got this great hair and they're dripping with 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 jewels. And, and as I understand it, 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 it the premise is... Truman was very close with them, and then he yeah. started writing some things, and all of a sudden, oops, no. He's on the outs he's with on the him. outs with them, and it, it's an oh, interesting. Yeah. He's not good. He, he unloaded all their secrets, which is a huge no-no. So, <laughs> <laughs> not to spoil anything, but it didn't go well. <laughs> right. So, yeah. This series really takes a look at, at kind of how close he was and then how it all fell apart. And but what, as I understand, else. one of the women stayed close with him. Joanne uh, Carson. Joanne Carson. Yeah, Johnny to, Carson's. To the end. Yeah. yeah, Johnny Carson's wife, yeah. played by Molly Ringwald, which was an uh-huh. interesting casting. You know, I'm just blown yeah. away by the whole cast, the fact that these women, like a Callista Flockhart and a Molly Ringwall, they got a chance to do a, a, a really cool part like this. I just oh, wish more people so could great. see it. <laughs> yes. And, well, by the way, just you wait until next month when a show on Apple TV Plus comes out called Palm Royale, because it stars Kristen Wiig, Carol Burnett, Laura Dern, Allison Janney, Leslie Bibb, oh. Man- Mindy Cohn, Ricky Martin. It is what like wow candy it is i know it is so much fun the costumes it's set in like palm beach in the 70s the costumes alone are just amazing it will inspire every vacation outfit you ever put together from here on out (laughs) but to have carol burnett and like allison janney and laura dern and kristen kristen wigg's incredible in this she will be nominated for everything um, so yeah, so I just love seeing all these iconic women on screen together. Um, like they could just read the phone book, not yes. just the phone book oh, really I'm, I'm, anymore, but they could do it and I would still watch it. Yeah. I well, they, and Allison Janney to me is one of those actresses. If she does something, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. She's so yeah. good. Absolutely. Oh. 
Same. My mom's obsessed with her, and my dad's obsessed with Harrison Ford. So they're they're really they're doing well in the TV department this, this winter. Well, Jessica, I'm going to ask you to sit tight, and we're going to come back after a break. We're talking, or you about, can hang loose. Hang loose. Yeah, hang loose. Sit tight uh, or hang loose. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about some things that you should be watching in the month of February on your TNV. Switch round and round till half past dawn. There was fifty-seven channels and nothing on. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking with Jessica Radloff, the Glamour Senior West Coast Editor, New York Times best-selling author of The Big Bang Theory, The Definitive Inside Story, and St. Louis native. And friends with. No, wait, I thought you were going to say and Harrison Ford. I was going to say, I was going to say good friends with Harrison Ford. Absolutely. Come on. Just in case your pop is listening. Okay, I've got to tell you, yeah, we've touched on a couple of shows that if you pay or if you have streaming, you can see them, up, for example, on Apple TV. FX is available on most yeah. uh, cable television. Uh, I'm going to take you to free over-the-air television because we're hooked on this goofy little show. And because we're hooked on it, it probably yeah. will go away after about uh, four episodes. On the CW, oh, no. what it's, is it? it's called Wild Cards. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. And well, it's with, um, the guy from Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Well, we right? actually love Vanessa Morgan from Riverdale because we're yeah, big Riverdale, Riverdale fans. Exactly. And she's she wonderful. Is adorable, and you've got to watch one episode because she is. You really, she is so good. And there is absolute chemistry between the two of them. The series is filmed in Canada. Uh, but it looks like L.A. Yeah. Oh, no, San Francisco. It's San, Francisco, San Francisco. That's right. Yeah. One of those places. <laughs> <laughs> One of those places where they've got water. Uh, but it's really, it's kind of formula. But because of her and because of their chemistry, it's actually worth watching. It, it's just, um, I describe it as mind candy. Mind candy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so what else is I mean, on your radar for the month of February? I was going to say, you know, it's so funny that you brought up wild cards from the CW is that I predicted at Glamour we did an ins and outs for 2024. And one of the things I mentioned for what would be in for 2024 is the return of broadcast network television, because so many shows on the streamers and cables due to the strike, they're not going to be available as soon as we would like because of you know, the six-month late start. So, like, Stranger Things and, you know, um, Virgin River, like, all those things, they probably won't come back until 2025. So the networks are bringing their shows back starting this coming week. Yes. And I really do hope and think that a lot of people will start watching more broadcast television because such great shows are coming back a lot earlier um, you have the return of Abbott Elementary mm-hmm. this week. It's a one-hour premiere. I actually watched it earlier today, a screening of it, and it's really sweet and really funny. Um, there's some really fun surprises, too. So that comes back this week. Also, the Connors, um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I know that's not network television. That comes back tomorrow night. Um, and then the week after next, you have the return of Young Sheldon, and it's the final season. Mm-hmm. I saw the first episode of of season seven and it's fantastic and you also have the return of ghosts and yay todd and then blue bloods comes back and i love blue blood and it's going to be its final year so that's going to be back on cbs um oh oh, don't don't forget which is kind of a spinoff oh yes don't i forget don't forget not dead yet yes not dead yet love that show absolutely right 
Yeah. Absolutely right with Gina Rodriguez um, and Lauren Ash Mm -hmm. um, and Hannah Simone. And Brad Garrett joins the cast this year as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of shows that are premiering again, and I really hope people find them and watch them because there's some really great comedies and dramas that you otherwise might miss, especially as you're waiting for some of your other favorites to come back on streaming. And, and I was so glad that Not Dead Yet was uh, was coming back because it's one of those series that, we, that was so good, we thought, they're going to cancel this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind know, of like... You I, know what I was... Yeah, I was going to say, I was so upset a couple, like not even a couple months ago, last month, one of my favorite shows is Julia on Max, which is about Julia Child. Oh, and yeah. It is a comedy slash drama, and it's so good, and it just premiered its second season in November, and they just canceled it, and it made me so sad when that <laughs> happens. And so, yeah, I'm with you. When when you get an extra season of these shows, like, you've got to watch it, and you've got to watch it right away, because that makes all the difference. So do you know what's going to be uh, taking the, the, the primo position after the Super Bowl? Because that's always a big deal, if you get yes. that as a lead-in. Yes. So after the Super Bowl, which is on CBS this year, um, it is not the Travis and Taylor show, unfortunately, for a lot of us who would probably just watch a live stream of that. Um, But it will be the new drama series Tracker, which stars Justin Hartley from This Is Us. And he filmed it also in Vancouver. So that will have the prime post-Super Bowl slot on next Sunday night. And then Stephen Colbert will also do a special um, late show after Tracker oh, that evening. So, yeah, so it should be a really good night of television, um, even though the game itself is a rematch from 2020. <laughs> but, um, you know, it should it should be a fun week ahead. And also Donna Kelsey is going to be on The Price is Right at night. No. This coming week. Hmm. Yes. So she's going to be helping out Drew Carey, and um, her sons are making a special video message. I just love... I talked to Donna a year ago, and she's like, this isn't going to last. She's like, I'm enjoying it right now because it's not going to last. And I'm like, ha ha, funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now she's everywhere, and she's so good at it, and she should be. That family is just so much fun to watch, so I love it. You mentioned uh, Justin Hartley. Some of us have been following him since he was playing the part of the Green Arrow on Smallville. Yeah, Yeah. he was pretty cool on that right. Yeah, that's right. And also, my mother loved him in The Young and the Restless. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. This is us. He's one of my favorite people. I was talking to him and his wife at the Golden Globes uh, last month, and he is just like I just adore that guy so much. He's so fun and sweet, and yeah. So Tracker will premiere um, right after the Super Bowl next Sunday. And on the previews of the Tracker, at least the ones I saw, he doesn't have a shirt on on a couple of the scenes. So if, <laughs> if that's the reason to watch him do, because they're going to milk that. Trust me. What a sexist <laughs> comment! He is easy oh, on the, he is easy on the eyes. I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! That's so, remind me to tell you the story one day of my mother when I introduced her to Justin and Sterling K. Brown on the set of This Is Us and she literally did not let them go. Like she she just held on to them both. She was like an Oreo like the cream in the Oreo sandwich. She just would not let them go. And you understand you understand why. You know, like yeah. it's Justin and it's Sterling. Come on. Yes. Um, I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you gotta seize My the moment. Clearly factor into everything that <laughs> 
watching now, too. I can only imagine what they're thinking. They are so proud of you for so many reasons. And now we've got yet that to add to the list, right? Oh, it's just crazy. You should go look at my Instagram because they're featured on there a lot. And just yes. the things that, like, it is so much fun, you know, to experience what I get to do through their eyes. Cause you know, it does, this is my job and I'm used to it, but then for them to experience it and lose yeah. their mind, that's, what's really fun. That is cool. Also people love parents. It's the greatest thing, you know? So <laughs> that's, what's really, it's really entertaining. But yeah, there's a video on my Instagram when my mom met Sterling and Justin, I surprised her for her birthday and she started screaming outside the studio of course. and saying words that I cannot repeat on this <laughs> program. And then she was holding on to Sterling and Justin for dear life, and she's got back problems, and she kept saying, it helps my back to hold on to them. I mean, <laughs> like, come on. God bless her. I think it really did, to be honest. Yeah. But you just can't make that up. <laughs> well, now, before we let you go, you started out in sports. That's Your internship was in sports in St. Louis. Yeah. So I have to ask you, next Sunday, who are you going to be rooting for, Casey or the 49ers? Okay, so I have to admit here, uh, I'll make this story very short. Growing up in St. Louis, the NFL has taken away two football teams from me. The St. Louis Football Cardinals when I was a very little kid, and I was so upset. And then they took away the Rams as well. So as far as I'm concerned, the NFL does not exist for me anymore. I completely (laughs) gave up on football because they crushed my heart twice, even though St. Louis loves football. With that said, however, we hated as Rams fans in St. Louis, we hated the 49ers. And the Chiefs, of course, are from Missouri. I love this whole Taylor and Travis thing. So I'm hoping that the Chiefs win on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm right there with you. Yeah, All so right. am I. Hey, thank- you, I was going to say, who are you guys rooting for? Oh, are you kidding? Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs. Yeah. My oldest so friend li- my oldest friend lives in San Francisco, so I had to go with the Chiefs. That's my excuse, wink wink. You know? Oh my god. Yeah, so-, so and listen, the sooner we get to the Super Bowl, the sooner we look forward to the return of Major League Baseball. Yes. There's nothing more than I love than a yes. great Cardinals Cubs rivalry games. I think they're playing over Memorial Day weekend this year too. So yes. I just love all that. Awesome. Hey, have a great week and thank you so much for joining it's us. Always it's always fun to talk with is. you, Jessica. Thanks, oh, Jess. It's so much fun to talk to you guys and I can't wait till next time. Take care. Bye bye now. All right. And you should get uh, yourself a copy of The Big Bang Theory, The Definitive Inside Story. It is a wonderful, is. wonderful book. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Well, all right, but it's so easy to feel this way. Start a wishing you were here, but I know that'll be the day. Yeah, maybe, baby, I shouldn't be so sad, but it starts ringing in my heart when I think of all you had. Hey, buddy, I got those early in the morning blues. Steve but King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Tonight, we're remembering... Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the Big Bopper. This is the 65th anniversary of what has been termed the day the music died. The music you're listening to in the background was performed in our studio back in 2000. Wow. We saw a wonderful play 
about Buddy Holly. And that's how we were introduced to the man you're hearing right now, John Mueller. He performs uh, as part of the Winter Dance Party Tour, which is a recreation of the last tour that Buddy Holly did. And tonight they were in Crystal Lake at the Rowell Center for Performing Arts. And right now, John Mueller is with us on the line. How are you, John? Oh, great. It's so great to hear you guys. I miss you. Can you believe that you did that song 24 years ago? And I will. <laughs> no, I can't. No. It's crazy. I, I will never you know forget what? that I, night. I, I premiered it on your show. Yes. Amazing. You, you did. You had uh, just finished writing it. And you were a little yeah. nervous because in the studio with us that night, along with our friend Bob Hale, who was the disc jockey at that last concert, but in the studio was Nikki Sullivan, one of the uh, original crickets, and that yeah. was the first time you performed that song. And it, it, it was, it's a moment that, that, that has led to a whole lot of fascinating things for you and, uh, and your ongoing tribute to Buddy Holly. Yeah, it's amazing. I kind of owe finishing that song to you guys, actually, because I'm a notorious uh, procrastinator when I'm writing songs. I kind of start them and don't finish them, you know? Like, <laughs> I have a good idea, and I I, well, I got a verse and a chorus, but I, I can't... I get frustrated, and so I put it down, and I don't look at it for another year or two, so you know, but <laughs> I think I, you had me on the air a couple of weeks before that show, mm-hmm. and... And then, and I said, you know, I'm, I've been working on this song for Buddy, and I had to I said it on the air that I was going to premiere it on your because you you interviewed us on the 40th anniversary, the night of the 40th anniversary, and so it forced me to finish the song, and uh, I really it came out great, and it just led to a lot of great things. That's one of the our fans' favorite songs that we do towards the end of the show, oh. and uh, we just did it tonight in. Uh, crystal lake and it got a standing ovation it just it really almost tore me up you know it was just, wow. it was just a beautiful moment and um yeah and the bbc used it on a um a, a radio documentary they used that song in there and stuff which is what mm. got my first big uh ascap royalty which is pretty cool and yeah but, um, yeah i kind of kind of owe the whole thing to you guys really <laughs> you oh. helped me finish it <laughs> and you were kind enough to allow us to put it on our cd which yeah. we put out for um a charity for the neediest kids we fund. raised thousands of dollars for yeah. the neediest kids fund yeah. so so oh, thank you for helping us do that it's gone round and round and since we talked to you you have literally performed uh, what uh, probably to over two million people right oh yeah yeah easily it's been uh, it's been incredible. I never thought you know I would be going this long and stuff, but it just people seem to really still uh, cater and thrive on this music, and um, we just keep it going as long as we can and keep it fresh. We try to mix up our sets with new music and stuff, and um, it's just fun. It was just a great crowd tonight in uh, Crystal Lake, and people really appreciate the history and stuff and mm-hmm. it's just uh it's fun for us yeah well steve always likes to introduce you uh to people when we talk about you and having you on the show and knowing you over the years by saying you do not and you have never done a shamana version of buddy holly meaning it's not a lampoon you are so true to the music from, from the first oh, night you. that we saw you i was so impressed because you weren't trying to as johnny said to do a lampoon of anything 
it was obviously obvious that you had and still have respect for Buddy, for the music, and the and way the you're history. presenting it, yeah. for the history of it. Oh, thank you. Well, before I did the play, I did a concert once in uh, Lubbock, Texas, and uh, uh, Buddy's brothers were there. They were both still alive at the time, and, um, you know, I was like, that kind of really set me uh, shaking in my boots, but I, I, I thought, you know, if, if there's anybody you don't want to be uh, a caricature in front of, it would be his brothers, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of really, uh, and they're such, I met them before the show, and they're just, they're just like Buddy was. They're just down-to-earth Texans and just really straightforward and very, very nice and gentlemen. And uh, I just thought, you know, that's that's the essence of Buddy. I just have to be myself, really, because I, I grew up in Kansas, and people are pretty sincere and straightforward there, too. And I just kind of, uh, you know, I just did what I did, and they, they seemed to really like it. And um, it's just been a wonderful experience uh, for my uh good portion of my life really yeah um just touring with them meeting all the fans of the music and last night we uh before yeah last night um we were in green bay and uh, the original riverside ballroom that they mm-hmm. played in the second to last ballroom that they ever appeared in and um there was a lady there that was acted at the original show oh, wow. in her 80s yeah and she uh she just loved it she just had a blast and that just makes my heart sing to see people that uh, still getting joy from this it's great we should mention that john mueller's winter dance party is the uh, uh it's the only show that has been endorsed by the uh, buddy holly richie valens and jp richardson estates uh that and the, how did that make you feel when these are the people these are the families of the of these legends and they said yeah boy we really like what you're doing well, it made me feel just fantastic, and um, they they basically, like what you said earlier, they basically all said, we really respect what you're doing, because you're not making this, uh, you're making this about the music, and, 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 uh, and you're representing the uh, our family well, it's, it's uh, doing it sincerely and authentically as we can, and so that really made me feel great, I... Um, I just really honored to have those kind of endorsements and um um yeah it's been you know it's it's paid off for us I think our really our fans that come to see the show over and over and over again which is amazing mm-hmm. um to me but they they all we have a great relationship with them and um it's just this yeah the authenticity uh, of was always my goal and seems to uh to have paid off for so yeah we're talking with john mueller who is uh taking his winter dance party tour um, all over the place john i don't know that we've we've ever asked you this but we've been um remembering buddy holly and richie valens and the big bopper and talking about uh this being the 65th anniversary of the the tragic plane accident but even one of the reasons they were taking the plane was because oh boy were they having a problem with the the buses and just the way the whole tour was set out as you have done this recreation of the winter dance party tour over the years and uh, and in in this uh, time of year did it give you a sense of what they had to deal with in trying to get from point A to point B in cold, awful weather? Yes, absolutely. In fact, in 1999, 
we got the crazy idea to uh, recreate the exact routing that they did, which was, if you've ever seen the, you know, uh, the cities on a map, like mm-hmm. it's just zigzags all over and eight-hour drives, nine-hour drives, <laughs> you know. It just made no sense geographically, uh, whoever put the tour together. I think the first two dates made sense. It was like Milwaukee and Kenosha, which is pretty close by, you know. But from then on, it just it got really haywire. So, yeah, I, I experienced it firsthand because by the time I got to the surf ballroom, which was their final date, 11 shows in a row with horrible drives and frozen buses and all that. And we had 15 passenger vans that were nicely heated and stuff. But hmm. still, I was exhausted, and I lost my voice on that last show at the surf ballroom just by fatigue of doing 11 shows in a row with all that travel. It just yeah. wore me out. And I I can't imagine, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> it really yeah. don't. Because yeah. they were in buses and that broke down and school buses that had no heat in them. Mm. And uh, so you, I realized, I was like, well, no wonder they wanted to chart a plane just to, to get a, just to get ahead of the grind and, you know, get some laundry done and sleep yeah. for you know, nine hours in your hotel room. Yeah. Because it it looked, in looking at that original, it looked like somebody was drunk and threw darts at a I map. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, just, uh, if, if you want to point the finger at, like, you know, a fault or whatever, I mean, you could say this, I think they were called the GAC Corporation out of New yes. York. They, they, were the, they were the tour planners for this, you know, if you want to call it planning, but, uh, I mean, if you want to point a finger of fault of uh, why they chartered a plane, I, I would definitely point it towards that mm-hmm. direction. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of other things that came into play. But, of course, that was definitely one of the main reasons why they just chartered a plane all, all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the people who perform with you as uh, JP, uh, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. Yeah, sure. Well, um we had originally the Big Bopper's son, uh, mm-hmm. Jay Richardson Jr., performing with us, which was amazing because, of course, he had the the bloodline and all that. And um, unfortunately, he um, passed away in 2013. Uh, his uh, heart just basically gave out on him, and um, we've missed him a lot. But he uh, he was getting ill. Oh, maybe I don't know. Probably starting around 2012 or so. So I had to. Uh, get a backup because some of the shows he couldn't make and and i uh, held auditions in los angeles and this guy showed up wearing a leopard skin coat and had the phone and a buzz top haircut <laughs> and i was like oh god i hope he can sing i hope he can sing he looks, <laughs> he looks perfect and uh he sang and his name is linwood sasser and he's still with us today and uh jay's family gave him the thumbs up and endorsed him and uh He's he's been terrific. He's a, a great big bopper and really enjoys doing some of the rarer stuff of his as well. And and then with Richie Valens, I uh, found this guy named Ray Anthony. Um, he was performing uh, in Legends in Concert in Vegas, and mm-hmm. um, he'd been doing it for years. And he he heard what I was putting together for this Winter Dance Party tour and. He just said, "Hey, I I, I gotta join. I gotta. I'm, I, I know that I'm meant to be with you guys because he only could do like two songs in this Legends of Concert show, and it, we had they had to be the same two songs. And if he went over two or three minutes, he would get fined. You know, mm-hmm. 
crazy restrictions, artistic restrictions, and he just said, you know, I, w- I want to do what you're doing. And at the time, there, I said, well, there was not like social media or whatever. So I said, send me a video of uh, you singing and playing guitar. And he did, and I was blown away by it. So uh, he's, a, he's a great entertainer and um, really fine performer and, and puts across Richie's uh, uh, you know, essence really well. well. I will never forget the night uh, many years ago when uh, you brought uh, him in the studio, and yeah. we were blown away. He is a real talent. He is. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's a phenomenal entertainer. He just uh, he's one of those guys. Like if, even if we had a two show day, or he still goes out there and gives one hundred and ten percent and gets the audience really involved and you know gets them on their feet during la bamba and he's he's really fun to watch now i want to take you in a different direction for a second uh but before i do i will say the blatant plug light has gone on so you should uh follow john you can go to winterdanceparty.com or you can go to yourbuddyjohn.com or you can go to johnmuellermusic.com basically john john owns the internet <laughs> he's everywhere the web everywhere <laughs> so my question is uh what other things are you doing because we've got a lot of your albums and for people who don't know oh boy uh as much as john respects buddy holly he is so much more than buddy holly so what else are you doing what's on your radar for uh for this year well i just finished uh I just released, I think it was in late November, December, um, a, uh, a really fun music video. Mm-hmm. I released a single called uh, Live Like Flynn. And uh, it's a song that came about, Steve, uh, by me reading uh, Errol Flynn's uh, autobiography, which if, if you've never read, I highly recommend it. It's it's, it's just fantastic. He, uh, he lived like nine lives. Like mm-hmm. He was doing all kinds of things before he became a movie star, everything from gambling on roosters to uh, <laughs> uh traveling on ships and he was kind of like a gigolo at one point with rich ladies and uh he had a a, a diamond mining thing going on in papua new guinea for i mean just these crazy adventures and i was so impressed so I, my concept for the song and the video is like a normal guy like myself falls asleep reading the book and dreams about his lifestyle of hollywood lifestyle and stuff and so uh I hired some dancers in uh, Hollywood that uh, did the video with me and stuff, and it just came out great. I was really, really proud of it. It is. Fun, it's it's wonderful. I, and, and you look like a teenager. How can this be? <laughs> you do. <laughs> and then um, I'm just working on a new album next. I've uh, I've got about nine songs done. I but I I want to do it record it live this time. I've been doing a lot of recordings where you. Hey, can you do the drums for me? And then you, mm-hmm. you send it, send a track out to somebody else to do the guitars or whatever. And this time, I want to take all the guys in the studio and just knock it out live because yes. um, I think that's kind of a fun feel, you know, and at yeah. least more fun for me too. Okay, yeah. I, I I shouldn't do this, but I'm I'm going to ask you if we can pin you down when you get the album done. Can we do an album release uh, show with you? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love it. Let's do yeah, it. Great. For sure. Yeah, yeah for well, sure. Well, what do you think your timeline is going to be? Feel no pressure. <laughs> uh, well, I love this because, see, once again, you're you're forcing me to. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to get this done. I'm going to say this on the air. I'm going to try to get this done by this 
I will say the end of May. Ooh, this May. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So, good. So well, let's make a let's make a date. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, when it's done, you let us know, and yeah. uh, uh, if you can be in studio, fine. Otherwise, we'll wherever just, uh, you are, wherever you are, we'll we'll do a whole thing. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Because I'm looking at your schedule, and you're going to be at the Bloomington Center for the Performing Arts uh, later on Sunday. And again, we should mention that your shows are all ages shows. In fact, uh, we put up um, a promo of you being on the show tonight, and a listener said, oh, she had to take her granddaughter to see you because she's obsessed with the movie La Bamba. And I bet you get a lot of kids (laughs) in there because they love that movie. Right. Yeah, we had a lot of kids in uh, Green Bay uh, last night, and then um, some some a lot of young people tonight in uh, Crystal Lake. It was mm-hmm. great. I love that. That's that really brings joy to my heart to have people, a uh, new sure. generation of people exposed to this. Yeah. And if you're in Lancaster and we're being heard, we we know for a fact because they've checked Lancaster, in. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah, we've che- we've heard from them tonight. They're listening in tonight. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You'll be at the American Music Theater on the 18th of February. And then back to the Wisconsin Dells at the Legacy Theater on the 22nd of uh, February. Are you throwing darts at a map? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to really recreate the whole thing. <laughs> That's wild. Well, it's such a pleasure to talk with you to catch up with you and and to pin you down and say we we look forward to a may visit for sure yeah, and uh great and we're gonna link we're gonna put the the video on our blog so anybody who wants to see the flynn video you'll be able yeah, to see live it like check out our blog yeah yeah well safe travels uh, john and stay in touch with well, us speaking of safe travels i think i mentioned uh, when i emailed you that um you might want to check your route because there were some rumors of some flooding as you're Between heading here down to, uh, yeah. to Bloomington. Yeah. We'll yeah. check that out tomorrow. I really appreciate you doing that because uh, sometimes we head off on these things, you know, blind. And uh, so, no, we'll check that out for sure. Thank you. Well, rest up and we will stay in touch with you, John. Thanks a million. Take care. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure and great to catch up with you guys. Thank you Thanks. so much. Great to catch up with you. That's uh, John Mueller. And again, you can check out uh, winterdanceparty.com or yourbuddyjohn.com <laughs> or johnmuellermusic.com <laughs> or, uh, as I said, he owns the internet. <laughs> but what a talent. Yeah. yeah. And and while we're uh, talking primarily about Buddy Holly, it, you you got to look into everything else John Mueller does. Absolutely. He's just an extraordinary talent. Coming up, we're going to talk uh, computers with Patrick Crispin. Uh, Patrick is the Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine of USC. But Patrick, before we get to that, um, because this past week has been a little busier than we wanted it to be, and we haven't really had a chance to uh, to check in with you guys, uh, and we're we're seeing some of the headlines saying that there could be life threatening floods out in California. Uh, how are you guys doing? What's going on? We're doing fine. We're currently high and dry, but we're in the sort of lull between two pineapple expresses, where they basically are atmospheric rivers. Is what they're calling it, wow. where. There is monsoonal moisture that has come and hit Southern California, or basically all of California. Uh, the next storm hits starting tonight, really going to hit Southern California tomorrow. Um, in the Los Angeles area, they are expecting tomorrow between three and six inches of rain. Whoa. And it's going to be along the coast and in the valleys. 
and between 6 and 12 inches of rain in the foothills and the mountains. Holy smokes. That's a lot of rain. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got this little thing called the Grammys going on in Los Angeles with a lot of people coming in during there a monsoon. Be a lot of people going to be down downtown yeah. who are going to be getting soaking wet in the middle of basically this monsoon. At the same time, we are anticipating wind gusts up to 50 to 70 <gasps> miles per hour, oh, sometimes boy. as high as 80 miles per hour. Um, 80? And 8-0. Wow. <laughs> so, and again, remember, we got hit just a couple days ago with the yeah. first of these two. Mm-hmm. So the ground is already saturated. Los Angeles County just a few minutes ago issued an evacuation order for parts of Topanga Canyon. We fully expect that there's going to be lots of flooding because, again, you know, Los Angeles, you see it on television and it's mostly flat, but it actually is from the ocean, which is obviously sea level, up to, you know, Pasadena and the mountains. You've got from four or 5,000 feet down to sea level, it slopes downhill. Mm-hmm. So all that rain that's going to hit in Southern California is going to go downhill, is going to go into the Los Angeles River, it's going to go and flood down in the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, expect to see. Sunday, and particularly Monday, lots and lots of flooding in Southern California, lots of power outages, lots of downed trees because the ground is already wet. And again, when the ground is this wet and the wind is blowing, gusting 50 to 70, um, trees Mm. are going to go down. Yeah. This is going to be a bad time to be in Southern California, especially for the Grammys. Yeah. Okay. uh, Maybe the obvious question, but other than evacuating, how do you prepare for something like that? Um, you know, everybody was at the grocery stores today. They were all packed. Uh, people are kind of already planning and being home mostly tomorrow. Storm doesn't really hit Southern California until about 2 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, what you do is really kind of dust off your earthquake preparedness kit, which is you want to make sure you've got food. You want to make sure that you have batteries for all of your devices. We've already gone through today and charged up all the battery packs. We've got a lantern in case the, uh, the, the, the electricity goes out. We've got a radio, and it actually having a radio, you're listening to one right now, but having a radio that can operate on batteries and you're not just streaming off the Internet because you don't know the Internet mm-hmm. going to be around. An old-fashioned radio is a really important thing to do. Yep. Um, if the power comes out and the cable's out or, you know, you can go back to the over-the-air and watch, watch uh, antenna television that way mm-hmm. using a digital antenna. Um, and we're just going to hunker down. I know that Joseph School District has already sent out an announcement saying we're going to be monitoring the situation in Pasadena, uh, which is obviously foothills of, of Los Angeles. And um, we'll let you know on Sunday whether or not we're going to cancel school. But there could be a chance that there will be schools that are going to be canceled just because how much water is going to be falling from the sky. Sure. Yeah. And the possibility, as you say, I'm stunned by the, the wind gust yeah. of possibly 80 miles an hour. So, of course, you've got power lines yep. that come down and, yeah, trees and debris. You're, you're getting close to hurricane strength there. Very wow. much so. Uh, so list- it is... Uh, Yes. A, a listener tells us that, I, I was unaware of this, that uh, the NASCAR race in the Coliseum is scheduled for tomorrow. It was yes. run tonight instead so they could get out tonight before the storm hits. So they did the race yep. tonight. 
Wow. I was watching on TV, and, and um, Coliseum is actually owned, or well, managed by USC, so we watched it on TV tonight, but it was like, yeah, I think people are kind of expecting this to be, this is not going to be one of those storms where it's like, oh, it's going to be really bad, and it's going to be a little drizzle. Mm-hmm. You see the moisture that's coming from this, and there's no way we're going to avoid this. going to hit Northern California first, probably start hitting today, tonight, and then tomorrow night is when it hits Southern California. And you called it, and I've heard it called the Pineapple Express. That's Pineapple be- Express. because it's where, coming from Hawaii? It, it, it really, it just basically, it comes from that part of the Pacific Ocean, comes from Hawaii, and loops up and just picks up moisture along the way and hits California. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's but a it big deal. An atmospheric river. Atmosphere, uh, literally river in the sky. A river yeah. of rain. Yeah. yeah. And, and so for people who watch our, our like uh, Tom Skilling was off on Friday because it was Groundhog right. Day and they were doing the weather. And I turned to you and I said, well, that's interesting. They're starting with California weather. Yeah, that, that, that was where they started in Chicago with right. California, California weather. weather. I was listening to uh, national radio, uh, news radio tonight, and lead story in national news was California's rain. And it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, we need to be prepared. Yeah, wow. And I, I like what you said, too, about radio, because we've, we've talked about this many, many times. You've you got your battery-operated radio. In the event yes. of an emergency, you're going to have your radio stations that are going to be giving you information about yeah. the weather. And if you're relying on your stream, you're not going to be able to access that if, the, if it goes if down. If the Internet's down, if the cable's down, you need to have a backup plan. Yeah, and, and this is one of the reasons why, uh, not just because they were sponsors, but the uh, Sea Crane Radio that the they have the they, they wind up in solar, and it's just you need that kind of an emergency yeah. old fashioned radio. Patrick, we want to start with one of the things that has been in the headlines, sadly, and is still in the headlines for the fifth day. Yes, the fact that Lori Children's Hospital has been yep. impacted. Uh, by a, 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 a cyber outage. attack. Yeah, a cyber attack, a network outage. It's impacted their phones, their email, their internet service, even medical equipment that relies on computers. Some of their surgeries have had to be uh, canceled. Um, and I guess, Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think the average person hears this story and says, oh, they don't want to pay the ransom. Is that basically the what we're learning from this? It could be that. And full disclosure, while I work for USC's medical school, I'm not speaking on behalf of USC's medical school. I'm actually not even speaking on behalf of Lori. I think Lori's doing the right thing here, which is in a cyber attack like this, the first thing you need to do is pull the plug. You need to batten down the hatches. You need to get on the home phone with the FBI. You need to get on the phone with your cyber insurance company. And you need to get everything back under control. So that's exactly what Lori's done. Mm-hmm. They they pulled the plug. It wasn't that these hackers kicked them offline. Lori's chief information security officer said, "Nope, that's it. We're pulling the plug. That we're stop. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put out the fire." So they turned off their phones. They turned off their email. Turned off the electronic systems. Kind of unplugged them from the internet. Um, they took their email system and basically said that we're not going to let anybody send or receive email internally or externally from Lori system. So in other words, if you're internal, you can still send email, but if you're external, you're not getting into the system. Again, they just want to, they want to have a 
chain of evidence for the FBI and for all the investigators. Um, they're preventing outbound internet traffic, mm-hmm. which what that means is you're not able to log into your electronic health records if you have a, a child that's at uh, Lori. Um, and they're not able to take external telephone calls right now, but they did set up an 800 number. If you call 1-800-KIDS-DOC, that's 1-800-453-7362. You can call them during most business hours. And if you have any sort of non-urgent patient needs or care questions, if you want to schedule, if you've got information about prescription refills, that's the number you're going to call. But what's going on right now is they were attacked, and somebody got into their system, and it could be one of two things happening, or maybe both. It could be ransomware, where some external bad actor got into the system and kind of said, okay, I'm going to lock down all of your records until you pay me millions and millions and millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. which we saw happen in Las Vegas recently at a couple of the casinos that Mm -hmm. got hit, and one paid and one didn't. Um, It could also be data exfiltration where patient records, lots and lots of ones, not just individual records, but patient records, a bunch of them, might have been exfiltrated and, and taken by these hackers. Again, in the hope of shaking down Lori for money. Mm-hmm. The idea being that it is a rich environment, and if we can have them pay us one day of what they would make to run the hospital to get their systems back, they would be maybe willing to do it. And it's usually nation states that are doing this, like North Korea or Iran, um, and trying to make as much money as humanly possible. But Lori, again, is doing the exact right thing. They got mm-hmm. they got infected somehow or another. Bad, bad, bad actors got into their network. And Lori has just said, nope, uh, nope, that's it. Lock the yeah. doors. We're going we're gonna to figure out what's going on. No one really knows how they got in, and Lori's not going to announce it until way, way after the investigation's gone. Again, you want to make sure that you're not letting the bad actors know how close you are to catching them, mm-hmm. and you want to protect the, the the integrity of the investigation. But in other types of attacks on other types of places, this could have been caused by reused passwords. Human nature is we have passwords for everything, and a lot of us tend to use the same password over and over and over again from site to site to site. So it could be that somebody a couple years ago broke into Target and got Target's usernames and passwords and said, hey, I'm going to go try this password over here on Lori, and it turned out to be a, a valid password. Uh-huh. Biggest, biggest record for everybody, listen to me now. If you have the same password at multiple sites, you are guaranteed that you are going to be hacked sometime in the future because somebody's going to get one of those passwords and they're going to have all of your passwords because it's the same password. Mm -hmm. You need to have a different password on every single system and you need to turn on two-factor authentication. Now, I have a feeling that Lori had two-factor authentication turned on, but this is an example where two-factor authentication is a really important thing to do. This could have been what's called a phishing attack where somebody 
who's a bad actor, tried to get in and send an email to everybody saying, hey, here's this patient information. Could you click on this file? Mm-hmm. And it got into the network that way. Could also be spear phishing, which is where I'm specifically targeting a specific person. I'm a bad actor and I want to get somebody at Lori. For example, if I'm a bad actor and I want to get to Steve King at WGNRadio.com, I can sit there and say, hey, Steve, I found this 1955, you know, Telecaster. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm making things up. And you've got to see this click on this. Mm-hmm. You know that Steve is going to be clicking on that because it's like, oh, i got to see this. And I know enough about Steve to get him. I've, it's called a spearfish because I'm deliberately going oh, after one yeah. person. Once you get into that, then you get into the network. Yeah. Patrick, let, let me hold you on this for a second, because uh, one of the things I hear you saying is that it is entirely possible that one person inside Lori could have looked at one of these emails and thought, oh, yeah, I need to take a look at this. And bingo, that's all it takes to infect the whole hospital. It could have been. We don't know. And, and again, yeah, right. I, I'm glad that Lori's not telling anybody um, it is very likely that's what happened. It could also be, and it's, if you think about a hospital, and you think about all the technology in a hospital, and just stop and think about it, all the monitors and all the computers and everything, mm-hmm. keeping all those patched and keeping all those up to date, especially when newer versions aren't necessarily being made, um, is really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult from a cybersecurity perspective. And this could have been uh, going through an unpatched system or through from zero day that nobody knew about. They were able to exploit the system that way. I, I, I know of a certain university somewhere in California who has a health sciences campus. I won't say where. And um, I know that a there was a there was a computer that was sitting on a desktop in a laboratory that was running a microscope that was still running Windows XP. Oh. Windows XP has not been supported since how long? Wow. And it was running Windows XP because the software that was used to run the microscope didn't run on anything other than XP. And the microscope was important for research. So, yeah, it's it, so and those situations happen, especially in a complex environment mm-hmm. like a hospital where there's so much legacy equipment and so many staff. This could also be a third party issue where you've got a vendor out there and the vendor is you bring the vendor on to do something for you and. You've locked down all your systems at Lori, and the third-party vendor that you brought in Um, hasn't done the same level mm -hmm. of diligence that you have at Lori, and you've given that third-party access. Well, somebody accesses the third-party, and third-party gets into Lori. So we don't know what's going on. I think the Lori, Lori security team, they're on top of this. They're going to get everything back. I just salute them for the Herculean task and... I I don't think you understand the breadth and depth of the onslaught on attacks that are happening all the time on all the sites all around the world every minute of every day. Well, let me let me hold people are working security are just 
they, they get a huge tip of the hat on this one. I'm going to hold you on hospitals in the state of Illinois because Lurie is not alone. In 2022, yeah. 12 hospitals were attacked. 12. Not all of them made the news because they were resolved quickly. Mm-hmm. didn't become a big story. That was in 2022. In 23, it went from 12 to 27 hospitals. In those two years, 3.5 million people in the state of Illinois were affected by cyber attacks on hospitals, Mm -hmm. on hospitals alone. And that's only in one state. In one state. So multiply that by 50 and... That's pretty stunning and pretty scary. And honestly, Patrick, I sent you a quote this afternoon because it, I was a bit incensed when I first read it. It was uh, on the subject of Lurie's Children's Hospital and the cybersecurity issue. And they had uh, a cybersecurity expert who said cyber attacks are on the rise and will continue to increase. Hospitals used to be off limits, but not anymore. Experts say they've become top targets because they don't typically have the budget or the staff to prevent sophisticated attacks, and it's profitable. Now, I understand it's profitable, but the fact that when I first read that, I thought, wait a minute, along with your lights and your heat and your air working, I would think that this would be a priority. And as much as editorial here on my part, as much as... It is the norm for medical procedures to be overcharged like crazy. You don't have the Why money? Why the heck don't you have the money to... Now, again, this is this. one expert's take on why this happened. I think this one expert was oversimplifying and perhaps perhaps kind of might have had some sour grapes because, you know, the, the, he, the hospital wasn't willing to pay him a whole bunch of money. Yeah, you might be right. Yes. We're talking with Patrick Crispin. We got a lot more ground to cover with Patrick, including some questions from you guys. And we appreciate you hanging in there. We'll be right back with him on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. We're talking about uh, computer stuff, cyber hacking, computer problems. Talking with uh, Dr. Patrick Crispin, Director of Educational Technology, Keck School of Medicine of USC. And uh, so much to to get to tonight, Patrick. Yes, can we talk a little bit about Windows 10? Because I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners using Windows 10, and um, it may be ending, right? Windows 10 came out on basically, I think, at the end of July of 2015. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of old now. Mm-hmm. Microsoft has announced, and they announced this a while back, that they're going to stop supporting Windows 10 on October 14th, 2025. So you got one more year, year and a half. Um, after that date, there are a couple things that you can do. Actually, ZDNet came up with five. One of them, I think, is a terrible idea, which is don't do anything, ignore the risk, and just kind of Leroy Jenkins this thing. And, like, no, that's a terrible idea yeah. that's really dangerous. Because once... Microsoft stops supporting Windows 10, you're not going to get any patches, and all the virus manufacturers and all the malware manufacturers are going to be out there targeting Windows 10 computers because, well, hey, it's going to be a prime target. Mm-hmm. Um, ZDNet also said you could think about getting a new PC, and again, if you're 
if you can afford it, a new PC really is probably going to be a good solution here. Because again, this thing's been out since you know 2015. We're now up in nine years. It'll be 10 years by the time they pull the plug on this thing. Um, you will have the ability to pay Microsoft for extended security. In other words, starting in October 2025, there's going to be something called extended security updates. And it's just like what they did for Windows 7. We don't know the pricing. Microsoft hasn't announced it. But if you look at what they charged, they charged for basically the patches for one year an extra $25 the first year if you're running the enterprise. Um, And then they kind of went up to $100 a year in year three. And then if you had Windows 7 Pro, I think they started at $50 a device and went all the way up to $200 a device in year three. Mm-hmm. There's got to be expensive. Um, if you can upgrade to Windows 11 between now and next October, think about it. If your computer is powerful enough to run Windows 11, you can get Windows 11 right now, and you probably should. But Windows 10 is going to go away, just like Windows 7 went away, like Windows XP went away, mm-hmm. like Windows 95 went mm-hmm. away. Um, there, it's just going to go away. And if you've got Windows 10... You've got a year, year and a half, but a year and a half from now, you you need to be on a new operating system. So if you get that tax return and you say, finally, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get that new computer because I'm tired of this 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 doorstop that I'm working on, uh, should you just be sure that you get one that's strong enough so that you can jump right into Windows 11? Windows 11 will come on all new PCs. Okay. So, um, yeah. And if your, if your refund's big enough, get a Mac. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, for anybody who doesn't know, any new computer, new Windows computer you buy now yeah. would be Windows but 11. What if they're trying to unload the machines so that have 10? I don't know of yeah, any major retailer that would be doing that. Do you, Patrick? Yeah, nobody's. Nobody's doing that. It, it, it's basically you. I was in Best Buy recently. It's all Windows Eleven boxes. Oh, out well, there. good. So, good. Yeah, yeah. So don't buy one out of the back of somebody's trunk. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Because it might be a Windows Ten. <laughs> but, but also fair to say, Patrick, uh, as with Windows Ten and any other uh, previous iteration of Windows, do your research to see which yep. version of Windows Eleven is the right one for you. Like if you're using it for business Absolutely. or if you're using it for pleasure, whatever. Yep. Okay. Uh, we got a bunch of questions that came in for you tonight. And a listener who had a text, and I, I thought it was a good question, she says, when you download an app, are you giving up information like you do when you have cookies on your machine? So, I, you know, I that's the way she texted it. I, I kind of think I know where she's going. Are we giving up information when we choose to download an app on our uh, phone or computer? It depends. Mostly no, but kind of yes. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. <laughs> okay. Um, when you're using the app, the app knows everything you're doing in the app. The, whoever manufactured the app it has the ability to track it. If you're running it on an iOS device, there are some limits on what the app can and cannot do. Uh, if you have an Android device, there are less limits. There are still some. Um, and then when the app is closed in the background, you have an option on iOS to say, 
am I going to allow this app to track where I am and what I'm doing? And iOS will actually warn you, hey, this thing is in the background running all the time. For example, I have an app running on my phone all the time, which is the uh, U.S. Geological Science uh, Survey um, earthquake app. Mm-hmm. And I need to, need it to know where I am so they can tell me when an earthquake's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problem having that track me where I'm going. Other apps, I don't need them to know where I'm using where I am unless I'm actually using the app. I don't need the Disneyland app to know that I'm not in Disneyland mm-hmm. right now. Um, and if you're running a Windows iOS, sorry, if you're running an iOS device, you don't really need to worry about the security as much. Running Android, you should be concerned. When you're running the web or on a web page, you could have third-party cookies that the website installs on your computer, sort of text file in the background, that tracks you as you go around the Internet. Google is trying to cut down on that recently. They've updated a version of their security to protect you from those, but it's not as good as you think it's going to be. But back to the question, do you have to worry about that app? Why are you using the app? Yeah. Um, When you're not using the app, depends on what your operating system is, whether Mm -hmm. it's an iOS or Android. Hasn't Firefox uh, also come up with some uh, later versions that make it more difficult or give you the option of saying, okay, once I've done this, I don't want anybody to track me? A lot of browsers do that, and there are actually some add-ons that you can add in that I use. Uh, I think there's something I call Privacy Badger from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is a wonderful add-in that I use in all the browsers that I use. Uh, if you use uBlock Origin, which is an ad-blocking platform, uh, tool, that actually does a really good job of blocking cookies as well. The tracking cookies really are it will track you from site to site to site and then target you with advertisements. I'm going to ask you a question from a listener in an 847 area code. It's going to be the easiest question you have all night long. Do I need to buy virus malware protection if I have a Mac laptop? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And I think... And that that didn't used to be the answer, but these days, yeah, that is the answer. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. And and basically, all the name brand antivirus programs come in a Mac version, um... Yes, you absolutely need an antivirus on a Macintosh today, especially if antivirus, any malware. They exist. They're real. There's certainly an exponentially smaller number of Mac viruses and malware than there are on the PCs, but they exist. They're bad. You need to be protected. Anything you recommend? It really depends on what you want. I mean, Norton Norton works. ESET, not 32 is okay. Um I've used Sophos. I've used there are a whole bunch of programs. Mm-hmm. There's no one that jumps out, and all of them are very good. Okay, and finally, before we take a break, is Patrick an advocate for Mac over PCs? Yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's the easiest <laughs> question you'll get all night. I was on the air years ago. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Patrick Crispin is our guest. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Your questions, 312-981-7200. We're getting texts and calls, and we'll take as much as we can right after this on WGN. Steve Kenyon, Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. Cyberspace. That's ACDC in cyberspace. And I wish I had a video. I, 
I'm looking over Johnny's shoulder at Julian, who is headbanging, and his headphones <laughs> flew off. <laughs> I'm looking at you in awe of just how bad that was. I love it. I, you know, ACDC, fine, but his, that, the, oh, golly. He's no Sinatra. <laughs> this is true. All right. Well, Dr. Patrick Crispin is our guest. And, and the listener says, and I, I think there's, in fact, a couple of people said, you should know, Patrick, that you and your family are on their prayer yeah. list tonight because of the weather. They're concerned about you. Also, listeners are saying the time that we have with you is so very valuable, and they appreciate the time that you spend. Agreed. 100%. And um, a bunch of questions coming in. I um, want to get to Kate's because Kate is listening to us on her phone while she's streaming our show. Mm-hmm. And she's getting ads for what is called Mist Play, M I S T P L A Y. And she said, Sounds very tempting. Good to be true. Can you ask Patrick if Mist Play is legit? And I have to be completely honest. I've never used it, never actually heard of it, but I did a little Google foo and checked out there, checked out there, and especially on Reddit, and it seems to be legit. Mm-hmm. So this is not a scam thing. It, it seems to be a legitimate site, and the reviews are uh, seem to be positive and don't seem to be fake to me. So. Okay. Yeah, check it out. Well, and I'm glad you brought it to our attention because we don't know what is being right. aired during a commercial break that you'd hear on the radio. It's different on your streams. We we don't know. So thank you, yep. Kate, for bringing that to our attention. Let's jump to uh, to one of the callers and let's go to uh, let's see, Mary. Uh, Mary, you're on WGN. What can we help you with? Hi, Stephen, Johnny, and Patrick. Um, I Hello. don't know if there's a way to push my information down i google my name and the first the first two entries that come up the first one is my linkedin account and that's wonderful i just joined linkedin about a year and a half ago and the second entry constantly is my name and age big bold black letters and it just drives me crazy none of my friends nobody else i i don't see that on anyone else's my brother is 10 years older than I am. No one's age is there. There's me. Google my well, name. Well, first of all, Mary, uh, and obviously uh, Patrick's going to jump in, but my experience has been this is very common. You can uh, put in any of a number of people's names, and, yeah, you'll get their age. You may even get their city. You may even get their street. But then a lot of sites want you to pay if you want to get more yeah. information. But how can we? How yeah, can we... Been, there are a lot of scammer sites out there that try to get try to get you to buy personal record information. I've got good news for you. Um, okay. Google has some step by step instructions on how to find and remove personal contact information in Google search results, and that includes personal information about your demographics, like your age. Um, The steps to do it are a little complicated, but honestly, if you just do a search for, and we can put this in show notes, find and remove personal contact information in Google search results, literally all you have to search for, and it's in the Google search help, it will come up, and it's the first thing, and it really depends on how you get to it. So in other words, if you're using the uh, Google app, there's a way to do it. If you're using mobile web or the desktop, if you're using um, 
different ways to get into Google, different ways to get into this information. But if you do a Google search for find and remove personal contact information in Google search results, there are step-by-step instructions you can follow that will help you kind of get this stuff hidden on Google. I didn't know that, and I know what I'll be doing, too, when we get (laughs) off the radio, for sure. Uh, Patrick, a listener from uh, 708 Area Code says, uh, can you recommend a password service for security or a password service that would make me feel more secure? Uh, One password. One password. Yeah. O-N-E. One password. The number one and password. Mm -hmm. Do not, N-O-T, not, not, not use LastPass. Use one password. That's what everybody seems to have been going through. LastPass had some pretty bad security breaches recently and did not react as well as the cybersecurity community uh, wanted them to react. I know we were really disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a, I, I was a LastPass uh, user were. for the longest mm-hmm. time, and yeah. I went to 1Password, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. So 1Password is, to, to me, the best password uh, program out there. Don't want to use that. Bitdefender is also a really good one. Okay. Is it fair to say before you do any of that, one of the things you should do is go to all of your various sites and write down what the passwords are for for all of those those different things. So when you then go to one pass, you can then make sure to activate this a little quicker. Well, actually, what's great about this is when you go into one password and you try to log into a site, and you if you've saved those passwords on your computer already, it just automatically goes and puts them in and records oh. it in the one password. One of the things you do need to do is you need to go through and one make it a practice to update your passwords even after you've updated and put them into one password. But the other thing is make sure that you're not using the same password on multiple sites. And one of the things I do for most of my passwords is I don't know my passwords. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, 16 to 24 letters, numbers, pound size. I, I have no idea what they are. I let one password deal with it for me. So if somebody asked me what my Netflix password is, couldn't tell you. I use one password. So is it also fair to say that if you're going to use one password or, or whoever, that you should then go to Firefox, uh, Opera, whoever it is you're using, and say, "By the way, all those passwords I told you to remember, yes. don't remember them." Yep. <laughs> yep. It's basically once you once you've got a good password manager set up, if you've logged in all the sites, go into your browser and have your browser forget all the passwords that it saved for you. Because that's actually one of the ways that uh, bad actors get into your system is if they hack into your system, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to open up Chrome and they're going to look to the passwords which are sta- stored in Chrome or were stored in Chrome in plain text and then use those to break into all the systems. I think we need to go I wish home. you could see the look on Johnny's face now. right now. I don't want to stay for another hour. I want you to go home right now. we got work to do. I'm looking at Steve like, um, why aren't we doing all this? Uh, because, frankly, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. There have been times when I've called Patrick and said, what is my password? <laughs> and God bless him, he's remembered what my password was. But that was years ago. That was before I got... And I st- 
because they stored it in one password. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a listener at a 517 area code said, Windows 10 will not go away. Windows 10 support will go away. Please clarify right. that. A good point. Yeah, Windows 10, Windows 10 will still be here, but it will be an unsupported operating system, meaning that there will be no no patches, no updates, no bad, you know, if there is a bad thing that goes on in the world that attacks Windows 10 computers after October of 2025, Microsoft is under no obligation to actually patch that. So you will continue to be able to use that. That's kind of sort of where I said the first option you have is to do the Leroy Jenkins approach and just ignore it and just keep using it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a bad idea. You right. really need to be thinking about getting another operating system. That's kind of like saying... Uh, uh, is the uh, 57 Studebaker still drivable? Yeah, but is there any Studebaker dealership that's around or anybody else that knows well, how I to actually, deal with this? I have, I have an even better one. The check engine light is on on your car. Should you do something about it? Yes. <laughs> yes. You can ignore it. Yes, you can. Yes, yes. Um, a listener says, uh, check the Wall Street Journal's website. They've got a coupon for one password. Nice. Okay, but be careful, right? I would say be careful. Be sure it's legit before you go clicking on a coupons. <laughs> if you're a WSJ, you, you know you know it's going to be a it's going to be a legitimate coupon. Well, it might be a bad actor pretending to be a Wall Street Journal. You don't know. All right, before they we take ads on the Wall Street Journal. Before we take a break, let you can we have time to sneak in one more uh, quickie? Let's see, I think we can uh, sneak in uh, Bill. Bill? Hey, Bill, you're on WGN. What can we help you with? Yes, I've been listening to Patrick ever since you guys were on here way back when you first went into college. Mm -hmm. He helped me a lot about computers because I was visually handicapped and I got into JAWS and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking lately with AI coming on because now there's a thing called BMIs. They read read print material, study, and find signs and all that. And there's Mm -hmm. another called IRA. That's that's a more bonded for your use documents and that. And then there's one called Seeing AI. Seeing AI, you can put it on your phone, either your iPhones or Android phones, and it'll describe things around the room. It can recognize faces. You can take a picture, say, of Steve, take a picture of Johnny, and he could be in a crowd, and you could take his camera and point around and say, oh, there she is over there. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, we're, we're curious. You think there ever be, in the near future, a, a Seeing AI dog? It'll work just like the dog, but it'll work with seeing AI. It'll be like a little robot to roll around with you. What an interesting question. It's a fantastic question. I'm not sure you're going to need a dog for that. I, I honestly well, think I mean that, that the dog is up, but, it, but it'll replace the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you're going to start seeing is wearables that are going to be able to take this, take the things that are available in Office Lens or seeing AI or anything else and put that in a – basically, it'll be a wearable, either a pair of glasses or maybe an earpiece or something like that, that will describe the world to a blind person. And it is there is research that's being done in Silicon Valley on this right now. Hospitals are working on this. Um, I don't know when it's coming, but I guarantee you it's coming. Absolutely going to be – there's going to be a wearable – that is going to replace the the job of a, of a seeing eye doctor. That's pretty exciting. 
Yeah. Uh, just a few more minutes left with uh, Patrick Crispin. We're talking uh, computer stuff, and I I love this. I have to read this text that just came in at 312-981-7200. We're talking about how to protect a lot of your information. And the 773 area code says, I have a lot of information about me on MySpace. Even back then, it's still on there. You might want to check your MySpace if it still exists. I can't even remember my password for it. Oh. <laughs> you remember the days of MySpace. Sure. That's, but but actually, oh, that, yeah. actually, that's a, that's a good point, Patrick. What if there is some old, 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 old legacy MySpace-ish something out there that might have some information about you and you, Before you don't even, have your password? What do you do? You can try to do a password recovery, but sometimes those things are completely locked down. You may be able to contact the company if they're still going, if they're still going concern. You can contact their trust and safety and say, hey, how do I go and prove that I'm this person? I'd like to get information taken down. But the best way to do it is if you can get your password, do a password recovery. Okay, you agreed to stick around with this, and thank you for that, because there's a big story. Um, we've gone four hours, and we've only mentioned Taylor Swift's name twice in four hours, <laughs> believe it or not. Of course, she was big, big news all last week, and one of the sidebar yeah. stories about Taylor Swift was very, very disturbing, and and it prompted um, some serious attention being paid to cyber AI pornography right and the defiance act dick durbin is one of the sponsors of what's been called the defiance act which will i guess it will address non-consensual deep fake pornography and it, it, patrick as i understand it it would give victims like a legal leg to go after the creators yeah. correct yeah and, and this is sort of a trigger warning to the people who are listening because this is a really difficult topic to talk about For as long as people have had access to photographs and imagery, they have made sexually explicit, non-consensual sexually explicit fake images of Mm -hmm. women. Um, Back in the days of light rooms, you know, there were really bad people who would go into a light room and double expose and take one woman's head and put it on another woman's body. When Photoshop came out, there were people who were taking pictures of one person and putting it on the body of somebody else. And with AI, there's nothing particularly new about this. It's just new technology that is continuing this sort of really icky, terrible, exploitive treatment of, of women where it's not that difficult using certain AI tools that require a little bit of learning for you to go and take a picture of some woman and remove their clothes or to create a completely fake image of somebody that is really just nude or in some sex act. And a lot of these are images designed to defame the woman, to turn that person into an object there are deep fake images of Hillary Clinton. There are deep fake mm-hmm. Hillary sure. images of Ivanka Trump. Um, and it's really, really terrible. Fortunately, Dick Durbin, Senator Graham, Senator Kobachar, Senator Hawley, so both sides of the aisle, after this last week where 
some people on Telegram had actually created deepfake images of Taylor Swift, and Telegram then algorithmically boosted those, and then they got posted on to X, formerly Twitter. Yeah. And they got algorithmically boosted there. They became really, really you know popular. A lot of people saw them, and you know people are going, "This is this is really wrong. This is terrible." And our laws have not kept up with this, even though it's been a perpetual problem back from the days of Lightroom. Um, I'm glad to see that this is happening. It's disappointing that it, that we need to do this, but we absolutely desperately need to do this because it, it, it's just out there. And, and, and add, isn't this isn't this one one of the uh, one of many reasons to? Give Taylor Swift a round of applause because this has been going on, as you say, forever. If you want to go uh, for years, if you wanted uh, Jennifer Aniston or, you know, uh, pick your favorite uh, female celebrity of the moment. And chances are someplace you could find a an obscene picture of them. Taylor Swift's visibility and celebrity and her attitude toward this brought it more to the forefront and thank goodness resulted in some action being taken one of my questions is regardless of whatever the action is that they take how can they really enforce this well the person who is the victim of this in other words the, the female would then have the ability to go and track down using technology and again it was pretty simple to figure out that this, these images of Taylor came from from Telegram, then so you could subpoena Telegram, get the IP addresses, and figure out who posted these co- this original content. So there is ways for there are ways for you to hunt down the people and punish them that way. I'll also add that Scott Galloway out of NYU came up with what I think is a really smart idea, and this is a controversial idea. The other thing that should be done, and it hasn't been talked about in this law is most of these online platforms have protection from being sued for bad things like this yeah. through something called Section Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. It would not be difficult for us to rewrite the law. Section 230 is really important, but to sit there and say that if you algorithmically boost non-consensual sexual information on your platform – your platform no longer gets the protection of 230, and you could be sued as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's not tri- it's not trivial to you know for for the sites to to stop to stop this. But if there was a way for X and for Instagram and for everybody else to realize, hey, if there are bad pictures out there, not only do we have to catch them, we can't go and promote these over and over again. Mm-hmm. algorithmically to other people, this is going to make it much more difficult for this problem to continue. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I, I'm reminded of a um, a, a um, commentary. It's not technically an editorial. It's on the editorial pages. Essie Cup writes for um, the Sun-Times, mm-hmm. and she's a political commentator, and she leans to the right. She had a really interesting piece last week about uh, the the Taylor Swift deep fake pornography, and she said she could relate because eight years ago she was the victim, 
Larry Flint went after her Mm -hmm. because of something she said about his publication and did just vile things, images of her. And when she went after him, his excuse was freedom of Mm -hmm. press. And she got, really, nothing came of it. And she was so frustrated. So eight years later, she's saying, please, we've got to do something. Because, believe it or not, this happens in high schools it's revenge porn. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, the yes. guy gets upset with his, his ex, yep. and he says, well, I'll fix her. I've got the capability of putting some really nasty yep. things out there. And now they're suggesting that maybe that's that's a form of bullying that could result in somebody committing suicide. Of course. I, I can Because, again, you it's not hard for you to take a picture of somebody mm-hmm. and using tools, remove the clothing of that person without their permission – Post online, and you could destroy people. Yeah, it's just—it's absolutely scary. I'm—I'm glad I don't. I'm not in high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm—I'm glad that the laws are starting to catch up with this. Again, this has been a problem that has existed since the introduction of photography. I would say since the introduction of drawing, Mm -hmm. but it's now so much easier for this content to be created Mm -hmm. and the laws have to catch up with this. They Amen. just have to. Amen. Thank you for sticking around so we could talk Thank about that. Thank you so much. It's very important. And we'll, Happy to do it. And we'll stay on top of it, too. And and be safe. And, and um, um, I hope you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, I, I, I want to do something. That, yeah. Because 80-mile-an-hour winds, no. Ed, uh, could you send well, us a text? At a foot of snow or a foot, foot of rain, it's like, I'm going to get my snorkel out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you. you. Take care. Bye-bye now. That's Patrick Crispin. And uh, just uh, if you want to check out Patrick on any social media, just do uh, at Crispin and you'll find him. Right. Okay, we're going to take a break, and um, th- th- we're running out of time. we got a lot of so loose ends to we tie do. Yeah. So, so stick around and see what happens to our loose ends. Did I? Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Uh, that is uh, Billy Joel, a portion of Billy Joel's first new recording in how many years? Well, yeah, uh, 17 years, I think. It, it turned the lights back on. Now, he didn't write it, but boy, does it, it just oozes Billy Joelism. I mean, it's it's him. And he's going to be doing his, uh, I'm trying to think of what the the end date is, but he's been doing a residency at Madison Square Garden, yeah. and he's wrapping that up this year. Yep, it's a big year so, for him. Uh, I, I would hope he comes out with an album. He said that this song, uh, co-written by Arthur Bacon, uh, Wayne Hector, and Freddie Wexler, uh, was uh, he? He thought it was mournful, but it was also celebratory. <laughs> who, who am I hearing coughing? Is that uh, would that be your Julian? Sorry, I was clearing my throat. I was going to tell you July twenty fifth. July twenty fifth. So, so the day before my 
yes. my birthday. Yes. So to celebrate my, my, he's my July end. birthday, he's, he's, he's going to say, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, out, uh, of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, but he said it was it was mournful, but also celebratory. So he wanted to record that song. And he will be at the Grammys on Sunday night. This is going to be a big return for him. The first time he's going to be performing in 22 years at the Grammys. Johnny and I were talking about this uh, off the air. But these Grammys, uh, actually, there's a lot to watch. Well, I'm beginning to think that they've taken a page from the folks who put together the Emmys because we were so impressed yeah. with the Emmys because they did a nod to what came before. So you had the sets from the great mm-hmm. shows from the past 30 years, but then it was also the here and now. Yeah. And it kept your interest because, and I don't think you had to be a, because they covered all, I, I'm, I'm thinking they went back as far as the 70s, all the way up into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So there's something for everyone, and I get the feeling that's what they decided to do with the Grammys. Yep, I was sorry to see that the the ratings for the Emmys this year were were really not good at all because it was one of the best Emmy telecasts in years. Yeah, but. It, it was on that Monday night. Um, there was a big football game that yeah. night. Uh, there was the Iowa caucus. But again, um, DVR. Yeah. That's yeah. what we did. And you would think that it would so. count. Yeah. Uh, some of the people that are going to be performing. We mentioned earlier that uh, Tracy Chapman is going to be performing Fast Car with Luke Combs. And here's a little tidbit that I learned today. And Tracy Chapman basically has gone into retirement and uh she did not show up at the cmas right. when fast car won right. a cma which is a very big deal first uh african-american woman mm-hmm. to win an award like that uh, but she sent a statement and luke mm-hmm. combs read the statement his performance his recording of her song has already put over $500,000 into her pocket. It's on its way to generating a million dollars for her. That's why there were some people who were saying, oh, they, they, they were so upset that Luke Combs did this. And she came out with some statements that, hey, he's making money for me. Yeah, <laughs> God bless him. Shut up. Yeah. I had no idea you could make that kind of money. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Oh, I thought it yeah. had to be in a commercial or in a movie or in a TV show. It, it, but it, it's so popular. I mean, it, it it kind of hung in there at number two on the country charts mm-hmm. because um, of Jason Aldean. And, and it, was it crossed one. over, too. It crossed over, too, yes. And got a lot of mileage because people were going, wait a minute, isn't that the Tracy Chapman song yeah. that had been nominated for a folk? Mm-hmm. I never understood why that should be in the folk category back in the day, but it was. But wow, I, my jaw dropped when I read that it was on the way to making a million dollars for her. God bless Luke yeah. Combs for doing the song. And so, he said he loved it because it was one of the first songs that he remembered loving as a kid, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating, too. We talked earlier uh, about the fact that Joni Mitchell is going to be performing yes. on the Grammys. And Brandi Carlisle will probably be with her because Joni is nominated for a, a folk Grammy for her CD live at the Newport Folk Festival. And Brandi Carlisle, Brandi was the one behind that whole 
festival, you know, getting Joni there. and The Newport Folk Festival. Yeah. And, yeah. and then... Uh, and if you remember, uh, Winona was there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was a, it was a, a big slew deal. of real good people. Yep. Also, one of the other performances I'm looking forward to is a Jelly Roll with Lenny Wilson doing yeah. Save Me, which is just a wonderful, wonderful That's song. probably going to win something, maybe duet or something like that. U2 is going to be performing uh, from Vegas because they're performing in that amazing facility, that dome yeah. facility that looks like something right out of outer space. Uh, also performing will be um, Billie Eilish. Uh, so again, you've got your um, your Billie Eilish and Dua Lipa, and you've got um, you know people who are happening now, and then you're going to go back and you're going to find a Joni Mitchell and a Billy. It's a good mix. Joel, and yeah, it's a really good mix. Um, John Batiste is going to be there, Taylor Swift. and John our, Batiste, who is uh, up for a ton of nominations. Yeah, like seven nominations, I believe. And, and Taylor has a few nominations, yeah, too. Yeah, she does. And our guest earlier tonight, Lynn Orban, said that there's a possibility that Taylor's going to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miley Cyrus is also going to be... Was Miley at the Folk Festival with uh, Joni Mitchell? I'm trying to think. I can't recall. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, but again, it's a really interesting list of people. I have a feeling it's going to do well because it is a Sunday night. Um, And because we don't have any uh, football game. No football. Uh, Trevor Noah is the host of the show. He did a really good job of it in the past. And and I have mixed feelings about that. I like Trevor Noah. I really liked him on The Daily Show. I wasn't crazy about him as uh, as a host for this uh, in the past. It just something about it well, didn't we, trip my trigger. We've decided that um, the guy that did the uh, oh the, the Emmys. Uh, oh my gosh, he and his mother, Julian, uh, who? Emmys. <laughs> You're a producer. The, the You're supposed to em- Emmys or Golden Globes. Uh, I'm getting all these confused Emmys. Now. Emmys, 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 Emmys. Yes, um, uh, I, I, I like I can him so much. I can't think of his name. He had some fabulous. Him al- and his mom. Him and his mom. Yes, Anthony Anderson. Yes. Ah. Yes. He, he, they should just lock him in. They to, should do, to, to all do the, the shows. For, he, all he's of the, so terrific. They'd be great on all the award shows because his shtick with his mother is she's a mom, and so she was the one that sat in the audience. And when people were talking too long, she would just stand up and yeah. say, "That's it." You're done. Go. Instead of the orchestra starting to play, yes. the mom holds up the get-off-the-stage card. And then some of the performers <laughs> said if they were nominated and won, they were intentionally going to go long because they just wanted her to stand up yeah. and reprimand them, <laughs> which I loved. But that show came in on time. Yeah. It was funny. He wore fabulous outfits. I mean, give the shows to him. Yeah. Well, Anyway, and, uh, talking about it coming in on time, I didn't check at the end of the show. Was that a Dick Clark production? Because that's one of the th- I ask because that's one of the things Dick Clark Productions was known for. You would not go over time with a Dick Clark production. Yeah, he was so professional, and he set that standard. And his company has carried that on. And wasn't there the understanding that if you broke the rule and you did push it, that was it for you? You were not going to be back on another show. 
You well, have to be blacklisted. And one of the famous stories was, uh, who was it? Was it Vanilla Ice? No. It was, um, oh, who was the, uh, oh, the rapper who, yeah, uh, the guy with the black leather jacket, and he did one of the Dick Clark shows, and he dropped the F-bomb or something, and apparently off camera, uh, Clark was standing and motioning him off, That's it. and that was the last time yeah. he ever did one of Clark's yeah. shows. Uh, Dick Clark Productions does the Academy of Country Music Awards, the American Music Awards, the Billboard Music Awards, the New Year's Eve celebrations, the Golden Globes, but they did not do the Emmys. So the production company is still alive and very much a well, a well production company. We're going to ask Sylvia to uh, stick around for a second because we want to say boo to Sylvia. Hello there. Well, hello. <laughs> I was the one shouting at you as you were walking down the hall this evening. <laughs> Sylvia! You turned around and waved and I went, oh, I think I just scared her to death. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've never met, but we hear you every Saturday afternoon when we're sitting at our breakfast table at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, you know, I have to tell you guys, it's it's a real pleasure. You know, I was so focused. <laughs> When you said hi, I was just in the zone, like, what's happening? That's what's going okay. on in the news? Mm-hmm. I have to be able to tell the people. But I feel like I'm talking t- to legends, frankly, so I'm so oh, happy no. <laughs> to be with you. Now, you are a Chicagoan, right? This is true. Born and raised in this great city, yes. How about it? Uh, Morgan Park? Absolutely. Go on Mustangs, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, you're wearing <laughs> a cool sweater for what? Sorority. Oh, so I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. That is the same sorority that our Vice President Kamala Harris belongs to. That's right. Cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sylvie, you should know that Johnny and I have a mixed marriage. Southside guy, Northside girl. I have converted her into being a Sox fan. I was going to ask what happens with the Crosstown Classic. Like, do you all... <laughs> I'm Sox all the way. Really? That's what the yep. pandemic did to me. Yes. Raised yep. within walking distance of Wrigley and watching 155 games... In 2020, literally 155 games. I said, "Okay, Uncle, that's it. I'm all where I'm wearing the black. I'm all I'm all in." Although yeah. the way things have been going lately, it's getting harder and harder yeah, to be a Sox I, fan. Well, as a native Southsider, that's obviously music to my ears. But I understand these days it's a little rough. <laughs> and if they get a new facility i don't think it's going to help a whole lot we need players Just get a good yeah. team <laughs> i i, I kind of think that people will watch them wherever they're winning so if they would win that may fix I the hope, problem i hope you're right yes, yes. so what made you want to get into uh, broadcasting oh man you know i was that 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 kid on the playground back in, in middle school who wanted to let you know um, who broke up with who, who fought who. Like, that was kind of always my thing, to, to get the word out first. And one You day, and Johnny would have been best friends. <laughs> cool, but I just, you know, I... Someone told me one day, you, you can make a career out of that. I said, you can? <laughs> oh. Now, you come to us from TV, right? I do. That is correct. That is correct. I spent 16 years at the city's public access television network. That's that's true. Wow. <laughs> wow. That yeah. I, I just caught just a glimpse of you where you were like 14 when you joined them. <laughs> I mean, come on. Bless your heart. No. <laughs> I, I wish that was the case. I, I was a baby, fresh out of school. I was pro- yeah, in my early 20s at that point. Yeah. And you went to college where? 
Mizzou. Go Tigers. Really? Yes. Wow. And you came back home. How It always feels good when you can come back home, because I know it was important to me. I started out in Aurora, which to me was still Chicago, but you didn't say that when you lived in Aurora, because <laughs> they'd run you out of town, because who needs Chicago? We're Aurora. Uh, but I always felt like, you know, I'm back home. This is great. You know, this is what you live for. Uh, when you grew up, when you were growing up, did you were you familiar with WGN? Did you listen to it? Did, was this a kind of a big deal for you to end up here? Of course, all the time, and that just me, you know, because obviously when you're growing up, you have to sort of yield to your parents' yep. taste, yep. right? Right. So my parents are always huge WGN listeners. My dad is a big news talk fan. Uh, we also watch WGN TV. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and and when I started working here, you really had to, you know, widen the doors in the house so my dad could poke his chest through. He is so oh. <laughs> how cool. He's so happy. How sweet. Yeah. Well. Now, are you familiar with working an all-night shift, or is this kind of, you know, you try to get ready for it, but you can't sleep during the day? This is completely new to me. Really? <laughs> yes. Fortunately, David Jennings gave me a bit of advice. He told me to, to get Don't listen things. to a thing he tells really? you. Really? Okay. So no. Yeah, just okay. To, to throw that out. <laughs> We've known him for a hundred yeah. years. Do oh, not listen man. to him. Fair enough. <laughs> just because he has that amazing voice. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but, but the one thing that, that we will share with you uh, from the years that we've uh, been doing overnights, the overnight audience is the most intimate audience you will ever yes. talk to. It's the best audience of any day part, literally, because it, it, they're, they they choose to listen to you. And it's as not opposed like to a, just being on in the car. or it, It's not like a morning or afternoon drive where somebody is, is listening to you for maybe 20 minutes while they're on their, in their car going to or from wherever they're going. There are a lot of people overnight who are by themselves. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why, if there's a major breaking news thing or a heavy story we should be covering, of course we'll do that. But by design, what we do is designed to try to keep people in a, in a, in a good place yeah. in the wee hours of the morning. Yes. That not, can be very lonely. Not being Pollyanna, just saying, <laughs> hey, you know what? This is a safe place for, for you to come and just chill out. And that's why we, we came back after so many years and said, we're just going to do the Saturday night thing where we invite you to the house and we're just going to sit around. And we're just going to talk with friends. And you know, we'd like to have you along as one of our friends. And, and I will tell you this, whatever happens after we leave here tonight do not put your head down at any point in the evening i don't care how tired you get fair enough i I will do my best and i have to say i have had a fantastic time working this shift so far it's been great so i'm definitely going to be bugging our news director ryan to see if i can do it again because i'm really enjoying it (laughs) well Well, good good. thank you so much of course Um, oh by, by the way when you work overnights yes uh, there is no such thing as calories. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. You can eat anything you want. Yep. And t- on Sunday, you can do anything you want because you know what? You stayed up all night long. Hey. And it, if you're tired during the week, well, I worked overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And you may find on Wednesday you're still tired because your body is completely turned upside down. Huh. I, I can believe it. So far, though, I feel like I'm, I'm hanging in. I, I feel like I'm alert. I'm, I'm, I'm managing for now, but we'll check in with me Tuesday, and I'll let you know how I'm doing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Seriously, we've been known to use that. Oh, and yeah. we've been known to go home and have just terrible, terrible, decadent things because we say, well, I was up all night long. Yeah. Mm. I should be able to eat pancakes hey. at 4 o'clock in the morning. Who's stopping you? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I know I got to stop right now because we start talking about food and then we can barely get home fast enough. Yep. Yeah. We've already decided we're having grilled cheese, right? Ooh. Okay. That, that works. And for me. tomato yeah. soup. Grilled yeah. cheese, tomato soup. Okay. That works. All yeah. Right. But right now we'll be back on WGN. She wanna sell my monkey. That we'll never do. You better get hip to yourself, old man. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Oh, this has nothing to do with you. anything. I just stumbled on this earlier this weekend. I love it. This is Tampa Red, and she wants to sell my monkey. <laughs> I have no reason in the world to play that other than other, I love it. Other than the fact your wife Someone is has always, wanted, always a monkey. wanted a monkey. I told you if you yep. loved me, you would get me a monkey. And you know what? We're coming up on 40 years and you've never given me a monkey. <laughs> but I, I gave you Tampa Red singing She Wants to Sell My Monkey. <laughs> it's not going to, even though it made me smile. You may want to sell your monkey. <laughs> you may yes. want to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to share with you this video that I came across. A guy and his newly his new bride, mm-hmm. they're newlyweds. Right. They're in some uh, island honeymoon location. And there is, I hope this translates, there is a tourist trap where you sit down and a monkey sits down next to you. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that would be a tourist trap. Yeah. And, well, and you you get your picture taken. And okay. it's supposed to be the newlywed sitting in the swing and the monkeys kind of hanging out between right. the two of them. It's yeah. supposed to prove that you are, in fact, in this fabulous locale, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the guy apparently paid the monkey handler in advance so that the, the monkey... I don't know how they get the monkey to do this, but he jumps up on the woman's shoulder and he starts kissing her all over. And the look on her face is like, wait, wait, I'm a newlywed and I'm going to die. <laughs> it's so funny. And he he's in the background and he's just busting and God, he's laughing so hard. And it's just terrible because it's a it's a prank, but she's scared to death. And I thought. Wonder how long that marriage is going to last. <laughs> really, <laughs> we're going to have to post that video. Yes, it made me think of on our honeymoon. Though we were standing on the side of a mountain, and you kept telling me to back up, back up, back up, because you wanted to get a better picture of me. And, and I, I didn't realize how oh, close yeah, you were uh, to the. I looked behind me, and I went, "Whoa!" It was a like a drop. I would have been dead as soon as I hit the ground. And I remember I came running back to you, and I'm crying. Didn't you do that on purpose? You go, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Go, you wanted me to fall up the side of a mountain. <laughs> Oops, I see the... Uh, I know. I, I'm i hearing things. I'm seeing the blue light is flashing. <laughs> and a, a listener suggested that maybe Sylvia gets to drive the Zamboni tonight. Oh, we'll have to do that next time, because Bob is here, and he enjoys cleaning the floors, driving the Zamboni. Yep. He already yep. stuck his head in here. <laughs> and uh, the, the the blue light from the Zamboni, that means it's uh, time for our last call. It so is. if you want to be our last caller, 312-981-7200. That's 312-981-7200. And uh, you... 
you get to win some goodies from yes. our prize list as long as you have not won anything from this here radio station in the past two months. Right. Last 60 days, to be exact, because two months would be 61 days since we had an extra day. Let me write this down. Well, actually, an extra couple days. We had the 31st and the 31st. Anyway. um, Divide by three. (laughs) Carry the... You don't have to know anything to call in. Yes, we certainly don't. Just be a warm body and know that you will be the cherry on top. Of our full show tonight, and it has been a of her monkey <laughs> full show. <laughs> you can be. <laughs> Someone said, "You know, these lines could be taken out of context." You think? <laughs> no. Okay, last call coming up. Stay with us at WGN. All right, people, it's time to go home. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Losing time. We're losing time. Head on out. So let's go. You don't have to go home. Yeah, you really kind of do. But you can't stay here. And no, we are not going to play the rest of that song on on this here radio station. If you want to hear the rest of that song, you can go to our blog. Yes. And uh, we, we posted a link to that video a couple weeks ago, and our blog is cleverly located at stephenjohnny.wordpress.com, <clears throat> excuse me, which is where you can also find the link to the uh, Tommy Emanuel videos. And we should mention next week, uh, what time do we start next week? Uh, I don't know. Is well, it 9.30 next week? I think it's 9.30. Yeah, I think it's 9.30 next, 9:30 next right. week because I think there's a Hawks game or something's going to bump us by a half hour. And one of the people joining us next week will be our friend John Davis. He's the host of TV's Motor Week, and we'll get a uh, preview of the uh, Chicago Auto Show. And uh, Jim Peterick is going to Oh, that's right. By. Jim Peterick, yes. Yes, we're going to talk with From Jim the Peterick. They've got a big 60th anniversary of the yeah. Ides of March coming up. We're going to talk about that, and we're also going to celebrate Valentine's Day, because the following week will give us Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, and we're suckers for Valentine's Day. And next week, we'll have to put up the pictures of the Valentine trees. And yes, there are Valentine trees. Yes, more than one. There's two Valentine yes, that trees. Yes, that was an S on the end of that. Yes. You're running out of voice? Pardon me, let me... <laughs> take, a, take, take a hit. <laughs> That's some good, strong stuff. It'll clear your throat. Or as my daddy would say. <coughs> oh, boy, that it, helps a lot. It'll put a hair on your chest. And I used to go, no, I don't want hair on my chest. Of course, I was 20 when I, <laughs> I said that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's your turn this week, Steve, to pick a number. Okay. Julie and, and I have go done that. For, uh, uh, I'm going to go for, well, there's two of us, so I'm going to go for um, caller number two, and that would be Bob. Uh, hey, Bob, you're on WGN. Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. Hi, Arlington Heights. How are you guys? Good, Bob. Good, good. Well, why are you I up at this? Julian, he said, he said, you know, you're persistent. He goes, don't be offended if you don't get picked, because I did get picked last May. I said, <laughs> oh, no. I said, I, I go back to Steve and Johnny 1.0. Yes. And he said, wow. And I said, ask them if they remember Ron Rowland. That's how far I go back. Oh, my oh, God. Of course, Ron Rowland. Wow. Well, we, was, we were all kids back then, though, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, 
that's Bradley Place. And so, yes. Sure. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, it's good to hear you guys back on the. You know, you you have disturbed my sleep pattern on Saturday night now because you know now I have to stay up for the five hours. Yeah. Preceding Dave Plyer because you know I could kind of catnap until two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but see, now you've got an excuse to do anything you want on Sunday because you were yeah. up all night long, right? As, as my daughter just said, you know, Dad, when you hear Sinatra, we hear Sinatra. And I go, yeah, but isn't it great? <laughs> that's, that's a good, <laughs> isn't that great? Don't you just love it? Yes. <laughs> so what what is on your agenda for Sunday? Anything? Um, no, I, I would like to say I'm going to watch the Pro Bowl, but I think we all know better than that. <laughs> Take a break off and take a Sunday off. Okay. Get away from just kind of uh, do what you guys do, only probably you guys, hopefully you guys are going to get some sleep. Yes, but it's going to be a lovely day. If it's going to be sunny like it was on Saturday. it's supposed to be a really nice day. I'm I'm going to find something to hang lights on outside to celebrate Valentine's in the month of February. (laughs) I'm going, I'm determined to do that. And we have to go out on our patio. And I wonder how many other people have to do this. We still have a little pile of leaves. Actually, it's a big pile of leaves. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, on, on our patio, and we want to get them off the patio before they stain the patio. And, <laughs> of course, maybe that's too late. Yeah. Well, I could, I could also probably generate a lot of hate calls because I know what I'll do is I'll, I'll go get my golf clubs out of storage and get them gripped. <laughs> and that'll probably mean that... <laughs> It'll snow. Shadow or no shadow, winters will be bad. (laughs) Yes, no doubt. I don't know about you guys, but I was just thrilled to see Tom Skilling up in Woodstock on Friday. Yeah. And they they deemed it was Tom Skilling Day. And then when he gets back to the station, they decided to name the weather office, the the Tom Skilling office, and as it should be. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, you are going to, since you've been with us forever and a day, you're going to be the owner of a 100th anniversary logo t-shirt from Delegate These are really cool. It's really neat, and you're going to get one of those, and you're going to get the highly collectible, much-talked-about desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, the 50... Actually, it's a 60-minute man. (laughs) I almost shaved off 10 minutes, and they'd have to live up to that. Um, You probably remember the days of the um, the Ladybug Pendant Watch and the... The Seymour Paisen scarves. Yes. Seymour Paisen designer scarves. That's right. Well, see, this this, uh, weather station has become like those things, highly collectibles. And you're going to get one of your very own, Bob. Thank you for listening, too. Thank you, and have a good week. Appreciate it. You, too. Thanks, Bob. Bye-bye now. Yeah, he's been with us for a long time. A long, long time. Uh, listener says, um, we've probably, you've probably sold $500,000 worth of closing time by now, not playing the entire song because people go and look it up so they can hear the song. And we're going to get that dude on the radio. We are going to get him. Uh, yes. Uh, listener says, have a great week, and grilled cheese and tomato soup sure sounds good. It does. Oh, by the way, somebody uh, just posted, uh, Deanna, uh, 630 area code, posted, uh, I really miss Nick D's out of context. You and your monkey would have a major segment. If you get the chance, do a, uh, a search for uh, the Nick DiGilio GoFundMe page. 
Nick has been dealing with some some serious serious stuff uh, with his, his folks. Family has has had some medical and and, and other problems, and he explains all about Nick it. Nick is one of the good guys, but uh, take a second, go to uh, Nick. Just do a search for Nick DiGilio, GoFundMe. You'll find it, and scroll down. You can read what's going on. Uh, Nick is dealing with some really serious stuff right now, and he could he could use some help. And he's he's a good guy. And your prayers, yeah, would be very much appreciated. Yeah. Um, as an only child, every time I read about what he's dealing with, I my heart goes out to him because I had a friend ask me not too long ago. Uh, she has one child, and she said, uh, "You know, what's it like being an only child?" And mm. I said. It's wonderful until you get to the point where it's you taking care of your parents, yeah. and um, that's what Nick is dealing with now. Yeah, and it's been especially difficult on him because it is both his mom and his dad who are dealing with their yeah. their own special challenges. So again, uh, just do a search for uh, Nick DiGilio GoFundMe and scroll down, and, and mm-hmm. Nick explains everything that's going on. Okay, I'm going to leave you with a, a real quick text about monkeys. Mm-hmm. A listener says, my aunt and uncle moved to Schaumburg in the mid-60s. My aunt sent my uncle to the post office to pick up a package. On his way home, he heard something in the package. When he got home, she opened the box and out, pumped, out popped the squirrel monkey that she had ordered what? through the mail. In the box, in the mail. No. Don't worry. I won't do that to you. <laughs> That's cruel. I think there are laws against that now. That is weird. That reminds me of years ago, the, the first time I ever heard Wolfman Jack. Oh, yes. I was, um, I'd finished a gig and I was, um, uh, I'd stopped by a White Castle, uh, got some sliders, and I was watching the the sun start to come up over in Jackson Park and tuning around. And I picked up, I think it was XERB out of Del Rio, Texas, which at that point was a 150,000-watt radio station booming into all of this country. And I heard this voice playing some great rhythm and blues stuff. And? He was saying, oh, baby, you want to ride to the Wolfman and order your baby chicks. I will send your baby chicks. And literally, he was, he was literally selling baby chicks, and that and was my first them. exposure to yeah. Wolfman Jack. Mm. On that note, uh, we're out of here. Uh, thank you, Julian. Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, thank you, Ron, and uh, Sylvia too. We appreciate all of you and our listeners. And this uh, week, we had seventeen states represented. Thank you much for hanging out with us.